Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Congratulations for being put in the top 25, but let me tell you something. It's going to be short-lived. You're due a trip into Bud Walton Arena, the Bud, Saturday, to play on the Nolan Richardson Court, and there's going to be 19,000 screaming Razorback fans in the building. And that, the students are back, and they're not going to treat Bruce Pearl very kindly. So this is going to be a – we've got all our players now at top speed. Minifield. Last game scores 32. We don't play an Ivy League school. We play UNCW. They beat Kentucky. We put 100 points on them and sent them back home. So, Minifield, Devo Davis, Brazil, Battle, Marks, Graham, go down the list. We're loaded. So, I don't think it's even going to be close. It wasn't close inside of Bud Walton Arena on Saturday, but not the way that Snake from Pulaski County predicted last week when he called into our show. 83-51, to the Auburn Tigers took down the Arkansas Razorbacks, the worst home loss in Bud Walton Arena history for the Razorbacks. Hello, everybody. I am Brooks Childers. Welcome to Sports Call on this Monday. I am joined today by Mr. Tom Peavy and Mr. Brant Daughtry, and we are coming to you live Ryan obviously not here. Uh, uh, he is still out sick today, but we are holding down the fort and taking your phone calls on the orthopedic clinic phone line after a big Auburn basketball win over the weekend over the Arkansas Razorbacks. Also, a lot more to talk about this af- uh, this afternoon. Black Monday in the NFL is not really that eventful. Two coaches have been fired, one specifically uh, that we will talk about here coming up later because they are a team that is on our listing area slash we cover. Uh, but it is a wonderful Monday. We've got a great show coming up for you this afternoon. Uh, we'll have a five at five coming up at five o'clock. We'll also get to our best and worst of the weekend as well as a nightly TV guide. And of course, as I mentioned, all of your phone calls on the orthopedic clinic phone line. As I said, Brooks Shoulders holding down the fort on this Monday after an Auburn victory over Arkansas, 83-51 to in Bud Walton Arena. Uh, I'm sure that could be somebody's best of the weekend. We'll get to that a little bit later, as I mentioned. But joined by Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy. Guys, how are we doing this afternoon? First of all, incredible work from you to open with that. That was good. Uh, I, I, you told me that you were going to do that earlier today. I had not yet listened to that call. Um, Snake... Obviously, always very confident in his hogs, and certainly we respect that and we respect fandom, but uh, he called in and made quite the claim, and that claim did not come true, which is not something he is a stranger to at this point. Um, But anyway, yeah, uh, 
focusing more on Auburn, I guess. Uh, a great weekend for them in basketball. Uh, I was not able to watch half the second half of that game, uh, where Auburn really pulled away and hammered them. But uh, I, I, I'll I'll get to that in best and worst of the weekend. But uh, definitely a great showing from Auburn basketball, and hopefully more to come as Texas A and M comes in tomorrow. Tom. How was your weekend? How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing great, and uh, yeah, I mean it was a good weekend and a great win. I do want to say this: first of all, I don't have Ryan here as my weather guy, but uh, trying to keep an eye on the weather as some bad stuff could be rolling in here later tonight. Uh, it's specifically some very high winds. However, the big thing to worry about is if you're down south, the the Mobile, the pan, the uh, Panhandle, anywhere around that Gulf area. Uh, Man, they're, they're, I woke up this morning and some of the forecasts, they were like, the absolute worst case scenario is coming true. And I was like, oh, no. So I've been on the phone with folks down there, like making sure that they're doing their preparations. I have a friend that has two uh, kids living in a camper uh, in Baker, Florida, which is not too far from uh, Santa Rosa in yeah. that area. And like, hey, y'all need to go find somewhere else to be, not in that, but... Hopefully everything turns out okay, but the forecasts are not looking good for down there in that uh, the Mobile, Florida Panhandle area of the Gulf Coast. But uh, basketball-wise, uh, I did not see that coming. I sat here on the radio Wednesday, and, and I was asked my predictions of the game, and I said, I really don't know what's going to happen here. I said, Auburn... You know, I, I basically I was saying, you know, I just hope Auburn does not go in there and get their doors blown off. Uh, they don't win in Bud Walton Arena very often. It is one of the toughest places to play in the entire country. While Arkansas is not really that good this year, they're still a very has the potential to be a very good team. Mm-hmm. And when you get them on their home court, and so I said then that even if Auburn goes in there and loses. For the Auburn fans not to panic, that there's a lot of basketball left, and it's just one loss, and very few teams go into Bud Walton and win. It's, you know, it, it's it'll be okay. Wow, uh, <laughs> okay, um, sure. Let's just go ahead and give Arkansas their worst loss they've ever had at home. I I, I did not see it coming. Uh, I definitely thought Auburn had a chance to win that game just because of the level that Auburn is playing at and how deep they are and just how they don't have to rely on any one or really even two people. I mean, it seems like there's always somebody that is stepping up. If somebody's having an off game, somebody else is stepping up. And so I thought the potential was there for a win, but I definitely did not expect that. And uh, I kind of chuckled to myself, you know, uh, Old snake put from Pulaski. He's like, there's going to be 19,000 people there. And I was like, yeah, well, after halftime, there was about 19 <laughs> after they started leaving the arena in droves when they realized that uh, this is getting out of hand. And they're like, yep, don't want to watch this anymore. So, yeah, great win for Auburn. Uh, and then, yeah, other sports, There's a, I heard there's a football game tonight of, uh, of some sort of importance. That uh, does not involve anybody from the SEC, but I will be watching it. And, uh, you know, well, I'm sure we'll make some predictions there. We'll yeah, talk about it. Absolutely. Uh, gymnastics, Auburn Gymnastics got underway this this weekend, had yeah. a, a strong showing yeah. uh, out in Las Vegas. Uh, and then, yeah, NFL wrapped up the end of the regular season. Some some pretty darn good games yesterday, even though there were a lot of teams that didn't play their starters. But yeah. a, lot of, a lot of games that had playoff implications – 
And so some of that was fun to watch. And then, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Black Monday and uh, two victims so far, and I'm sure more coming. Absolutely. We'll start off things. So we'll get into almost all of that this afternoon. Uh, but we'll start things off again, uh, as you started off, Tom, with that Auburn basketball uh, game in Fayetteville this past weekend. As you, you, you kind of mentioned it, 19,000 Screaming Hog fans were in the building to start things off, and it got quiet quickly uh, after that in, in Bud Walton Arena. 83-51, to 51, the Tigers got the win, improved to 12-2 and two on the year, 1-0 in the SEC. Arkansas falls to 9-5 and five on the season, 0-1 in the SEC. Uh, Chad Baker-Mazzara came off the bench for 21 minutes for the Tigers, led them in scoring, though, 16 points. Uh, on the afternoon, Janai Broom also in double digit scoring, 14 points. Uh, then you had a pair of Tigers with 11, Jalen Williams and Trey Donaldson, both in double digit scoring. The Hogs were led on the day by Keon Menefield Jr., he had 14 points. Then you had uh, Trevon Brazil with 11 points, and then follow that up with Tremont Mark with 10 points for the Hogs on the afternoon. But guys, uh, you know, Tom, you touched on it a little bit there, but big, big game. Uh, and, and, you know, me and Cam talked about it Friday. Steve asked what he thought the line was going to be. I, I said it could be two points either way. Uh, and I, I thought Auburn was probably going to be favored by two points. Uh, I think that's what I said on Friday. I also said I wouldn't have been shocked if Arkansas was favored by two points. Uh, and Auburn ended up winning that game. I don't remember what the actual line was, uh, but it was Auburn. It's like the seven or five or seven, is I think, originally. Uh, but Auburn, whatever they did, they covered. They covered yeah. it, uh, with emphasis. And as we mentioned earlier, yeah, they the, did. the worst home loss in Bud Walton Arena history for the Hogs came on Saturday on uh, Eric Musselman's watch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you just sit there and look at the box score, and I mean, Auburn dominated in every facet of the game. I mean, you, it doesn't matter what you look at. Auburn dominated, and of course you're going to dominate. You went 83-51, to 51, you're going to dominate. But a couple of the things to really look at, uh, the two things that, that jump out, like when you look at the stats that are just like appallingly lopsided, points in the paint for Auburn, 48-18. to Janai Broom, especially in the second half, they had no answer for him. They, they, Janai Broom did whatever he wanted to at whatever point of the, of the game that he wanted and just kept just piling up the points, ended up uh, finishing with 14. Uh, but it just it just felt like he was doing whatever he wanted to, and really that kind of went for everybody. But forty eight to eighteen differential in the paint, and then the other big one that really jumps out, and this goes to the depth that we talked about with Auburn, and it's part of what all the pundits are now seeing with this team that are saying this is a legit NCAA deep run NCAA tournament team is because of the depth. They outscored Arkansas forty six to nine off the bench. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. As I mentioned, Chad Baker-Mazzara came off the bench, uh, 21 minutes off the bench, had led the team in scoring. Yeah. Their Auburn's leading scorer was Chad off the bench. I, I mean, Auburn scored 46 bench points, and that would have almost been enough to beat Arkansas straight up. Yeah. It would have been 51 to 46. Uh, 46 bench points, is that is ridiculous. And you hold – and, you know, their bench only gets nine. So, Yeah. 48 to 18 points in the paint, 46 to 9 uh, points off the bench. Like I said, those are the two stats that are just glaring that jump out at you. But you can go through here and look at every, you know, the amount of guys from Auburn that were in double digits. Uh, you had, what, four guys in double digits uh, yes. points. And then uh, they, they beat them in rebounding. 
They shot the three relatively well, seven of 18 from three. Uh, shot free throws amazingly, eight, eight of 11. I mean, it was about as complete of a performance as you could ask for. Got, got a little bit of a slow start. Maybe if, if you just want to nitpick and go something negative, is like they had some, they were turning the ball over and had a technical foul and some things there early and kind of kept Arkansas in it and going. But then once Auburn put the pedal down, it, it was off to the races and there was no catching them. Yeah. I- I thought that Auburn was the better of the two teams going into this, but we've talked over and over again how hard it is to win on the road in the SEC to the point where when you have a home field advantage like Auburn's going to have, you want to go undefeated at home and you want to win half of your SEC road games. If you do that, you're going to be one of the top four seeds in the SEC, and that's kind of the goal that you're shooting for is get that double buy in the SEC tournament. I thought that Auburn had a chance to win this game, but I would not have been shocked if Arkansas had won it. Um, this was as complete a performance as we've seen from Auburn all year because we've seen Auburn whip up on some lesser teams. Arkansas is a team that has legitimate expectations. They want to make a tournament run again. They, I mean, they, they've been to the what? They've been to the Elite Eight what two years in a row? They've been to the Sweet Sixteen three years in a row. They beat Duke earlier this year. They beat Duke they're... earlier this year. This is a this is a legitimately good team. Auburn went into that arena and made them quit. Arkansas gave up with about eight minutes to go in that game. Um, And I said earlier that I was not able to watch the second half. I went back and watched it afterwards, expecting to see sometime around the 10-minute mark this 20 to nothing run, some offensive explosion for Auburn where Arkansas just couldn't answer and they got out to a major lead and, and things were relatively even the rest of the time. That's not how it went down. Auburn, starting with the with the first minute of the second half, just gave slow, sustained pressure that did not let up, and Arkansas could not answer. And it was just a 20-minute dog walk that Auburn it just it just trounced them in every way they could. Arkansas had no answer for Auburn on the inside the entire game. And really, Auburn, Auburn missed a ton of close-range shots in the first half. But in the second half, they started hitting everything. Janai Broom, all 14 of his points came in the second half. That was big. Uh, it just there, like Tom said, there are some things you can nitpick in here, and certainly that's something we have to do is point out. Hey, you didn't make your layups in the first half. The three point shooting in this game was pretty meh, uh, especially in the first half. But just overall, a complete performance for Auburn basketball, and uh, the kind that really gives you hope about what you can do this year. This is the type of game that makes you go, hey. This is a team that can do something against really good teams. We th- we know the analytics love Auburn. The the analytics still love Auburn. They're up to fifth in Ken Palm right now. Um, but, man, this, this is just so impressive. Top to bottom, you can't say enough about how great this game was, and you hope that you can continue it against Texas A&M tomorrow. That's right. Uh, Bruce Pearl's already met with the media today ahead of that game against Texas A&M, the home opener against the Aggies of Texas A&M tomorrow night. Uh, We'll keep talking more of this win over Arkansas, though, when we come back after this quick break here on Sports Call, Monday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 
May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Now, back to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Monday. I am Brooks Childress filling in for Ryan Lavoy. He is out sick under the weather. He was out Friday. He's out today. Hopefully, we get him back soon, though. But until then, I'm filling in for you on this Monday edition of Sports Call. Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy joining me this afternoon. And it's time, as we continue on, to go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line for the first time today. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online today at theorthoclinic.com for more information. Give us a call. Join Sports Call at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to get on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. And we start things out as we go to our state's capital today with... James from Montgomery. James is called in. James, how are we doing on this Monday? I'm good, and War Eagle, and Happy New Year. War Eagle, Happy New Year. It's been a minute since we've talked to you, James. <clears throat> yes, because I've been um, very busy last year with a lot of college sports and uh, sports in general, so I've been keeping up with a lot of different things last year and at the beginning of uh, 2024 as well. So I've been very, very busy to keep up with a lot of sports for you guys. Sounds like it. Well, what's on your mind today? Well, with the national championship uh, starting in a few hours, I think Michigan, everybody's saying that Michigan is, is favorite to win, and I'm just going to see how Jim Harbaugh is going to come out with a big win. And I was looking at some highlights from uh, last week when uh, they played against uh, Alabama in the Rose Bowl, and that one was a really good one for Michigan because, I mean, most people that were saying that Alabama was going to be the favorite to win to go to the national championship, but I think uh, I would just have to say that Nick Saban got outcoached and got outplayed by Michigan Wolverines as well. Yeah, it was a big win for Michigan last week, knocking off Alabama, sending them uh, home uh, pre- more, more premature than, than uh, a lot of Alabama fans and, and players are used to not playing in the national championship, but uh, it was a really good win for Michigan. We'll have to see if they can pull out a, a national championship tonight. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's well, because if Jim Harbaugh comes out with a win, and you know, in 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 uh, Houston, uh, this this is going to be uh, Michigan's like this is not going to be their first time ever playing the national championship. This is going to be a historic national championship win for Michigan because if Michigan wins, they will actually tie the all-time national championship record since 1958 and 1957 as well. Yeah, 11 national titles for the the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, that, that would be a lot. It would be their first since 1997 uh, for winning a national title. Uh, so not mm-hmm. quite tying. If, if they win tonight, it would be their 12th. So not quite tying the record. Uh, but it's a lot of national championships. Uh, that's a lot of winning for a, a historic program. Yes, as well, because with Michigan, they have a, a historic program. 
and uh, a lot of a lot of great players that came from Michigan as well. Uh, one is uh, Tom Brady. He played at Michigan. Um, you know, and and I think that Tom Brady would be in attendance to see his Auburn Modern actually get a win. And um, I'm actually, uh, for us as Auburn fans, we won a national championship game about a year ago in 2017 against uh, Bo Nix's uh, Oregon Ducks. So I'm actually wearing the national championship uh, T-shirt that I'm actually representing Auburn, and maybe we might make it back there again sometime real soon. Yeah, 2010, Auburn and Cam Newton won that national championship over the Oregon Ducks. And, yeah, hopefully Hugh Freeze and this Auburn staff can uh, can right the ship here and, and get Auburn back in that national title conversation here in the next few years. Yes, as well, because, I mean, I've been uh, keeping up with a lot of uh, recruits that are coming into Auburn. I've been looking at their uh, highlight videos, and some of these guys are looking really good. Some of them are like a three-star, four-star, five-star uh, recruits as well. Yeah, the, a lot of big-name recruits coming in this year. Uh, Auburn already working on next year's, too. So hopefully that they are, they're continuing to get big-time recruits here to this program that, that can get Auburn back in that national title con, uh, contention. Yes, and then with Alabama, who do you see as the new head coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide when the uh, football season actually comes around this year as well? Well, I I think it'll still be Nick Saban. He's still the head coach there right now. I I don't think he's got any plans to retire or leave or uh, anytime soon, so I, I think it'll still be Nick Saban next year. Yeah, because I've um, I've been talking to a lot of Alabama fans, and they were saying they were very upset with the rumors that uh, Nick Saban was going to retire. But I think he's I'm not sure if the rumors are true. But I'm just going to give um, I'm going to just probably give him one more shot to see what's going to happen between now and uh, the the new season that's going to be coming in for 2024 as well. So I think Nick Saban should have somebody in the coaching um, position and uh, having somebody, you know, know, you know, that to actually make Alabama win a couple of games as well. But when they play against Auburn, I think we play, they play us here in Auburn, if I'm correct on that. Uh, Next year, they'll be in Tuscaloosa. Okay, so I would be there in Tuscaloosa uh, this coming up year. So um, I'm hoping you all guys would be out there as well for me to actually be like a guest uh, judge on on y'all's show as well. Yeah, we'll have to see if we can make that trip to Tuscaloosa this year. It, it, it's hard to travel, uh, with, especially with the radio show. It, it, it's hard to mm-hmm. get the equipment out there. So we'll we'll have to see if we can uh, we can make that trip this year, uh, this coming year. What else is on your mind today, James? Well, I'm very happy that my Dallas Cowboys beat the Washington Commanders, and we're actually one win away. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed and uh, seeing if my Dallas Cowboys will make it to the Super Bowl, which they would make it to the Super Bowl uh, this year in February. So I'm actually going to throw out my Super Bowl predictions, and I probably need a drum roll for this one because this one is going to be a really good uh, Super Bowl matchup in Las Vegas, Nevada. I've been waiting for this one. You said you need a drum roll? Yes. All right. And the Dallas Cowboys will meet up with the Kansas City Chiefs for Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Wow. So, yes, that is an actually true statement. I'm not making any remarks on that. That is really true because I did hear it last year on ESPN. Uh, one of the sports commentators actually made that uh, Super Bowl prediction. 
and I think that is going to be a really good matchup to see my Dallas Cowboys play against my uh, nephew's uh, Kansas City Chiefs team, and that is going to be a really good game that me and him are actually going to be watching. And if my Cowboys win... I know it's going to be a hard loss for him as well. Yeah, absolutely. I know that that's uh, two really good teams that, that could make it to the Super Bowl, and uh, maybe not the pick that I would make, but definitely a, a pick that I could see happening, and uh, I think that would be a very fun Super Bowl to watch. James, are you, yeah. uh, are you looking forward to the, your Cowboys taking on the Packers this weekend? Yes, I am indeed. I am actually looking for. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Dak Prescott is actually going to uh, take this team uh, to a victory. I've seen this team uh, once before in Week Nine, so I'm just going to see how the uh, how the playing style would go for uh, for the Green Bay Packers. But I think the Packers are not going to get a win out of uh, Dallas as well. Yeah, it's going to be a tough place to go play at the Cowboys Stadium this weekend, but it, it should be a really, really fun game between those two. What else is on your mind today, James? Well, I'm actually uh, going to be looking at some uh, uh, women's college basketball because I'm actually looking at to see uh, what what I'm going to be looking at for March Madness for uh, the women's college basketball March Madness tournament. So I'm just looking at some teams right now. I'm looking at LSU and uh, seeing if Angel Reese is actually going to do what she said that she was going to do, and she looks like a new person as well. And she's uh, she's she's in her mindset right now, so she's a, a new person for for the LSU Lady Tigers as well. And I think that their that their team is really going to look good for March Madness as well. Yeah, they look good early on in this year. They lost that one game a little bit earlier in the season, but they've uh, they've won a lot of basketball so far. And they you know they come and play at. Neville Arena on Sunday, the Auburn Tigers host that defending national champion LSU Tigers on Sunday. Yeah, so I think if I was there on Sunday, I would probably give a little a little nice talk to the Lady Tigers and and actually tell them, you know, if I was there in Neville Arena, I would tell them, you know, just take one game at a time and just you know, work together as a team because, you know, working together as a team is, is going to be some ups and downs. So I think they got it for me as well. So um, I'm hoping that I will give them that message on Twitter as well. Yeah, you'll have, you'll have to send that via Twitter if you're not going to be uh, at Neville Arena on Sunday. That's going to be a big game between uh, two Tigers over uh, across town on Auburn University. What else you got for us today, James? Well, I'm actually going to be uh, looking at some NBA uh, news. I'm going to be looking at some NBA games because I know it's going to be uh, so far out from the um, All-Star weekend, so it's coming right around the corner. And I'm looking at some teams that are going to be making it to the NBA Finals, so it's it's a toss-up right now, and and it's going to be kind of hard, so I just have to spread all the teams out as well. You like uh, how your Mavericks are playing this year? Yes, we're actually playing really good this year, and um, I'm hoping that we'll win uh, tonight. If yeah, we do play a game uh, Monday night and Tuesday night, so I'm just going to see how we're going to do those games as well, and um, I'm just going to see how Luka Doncic would would actually do as well. But I'm I'm thinking he's questionable, but he's coming back, so I'm just giving him you know high hopes as well. Yeah, y'all had a big win last night against the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, and you get big, got a big one tomorrow night against Min- uh, Memphis Grizzlies. So, some uh, some good basketball being played this, uh, so far by uh, by Dallas this year. What else you got for us, boy? After let you go, James. 
Well, I am actually going to be covering some NASCAR news because the NASCAR schedule just came out, and there are some good uh, tracks that I'm going to be looking at this year. Coming up February the 4th, 2024, they will be doing the first uh, season opener on uh, the track in Los Angeles, so that will be my first track that I will actually look at, and uh, they're actually going to be adding um, a history to the uh, Daytona 500, so that will be a really good one that I'm going to be marking down because that one is very uh, emotional for me when they actually do uh, the history of the uh, Daytona 500 with so many uh, historic cars in that uh, race as well, so it, it, it will be moving me to tears this year as well. Yeah, just a few short weeks so the NASCAR drivers are back on the track out in Los Angeles at the Coliseum. Should be really really fun uh well james we got to let you go anything before we let you go here well i am almost ready for the nfl fantasy super bowl so i am in the wild card division so i'm hoping i'll win this one and i'm hoping that i will get my um my fantasy my nfl fantasy uh trophy and my belt this year as well so i'm going to see if i'm going to win this time around this year as well yeah that, that hopefully you're you're able to pull out the victory cam uh won our won our office uh, uh fantasy football league this year so he gets a jersey oh okay all right so maybe on next uh nfl season i'll probably uh play alongside with you all for the office uh, fantasy football league as well. well. We'll have to see if any any spots open up for you, James. Well, we have to let you go and give us a call back this week, all right? All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle, that was James from Montgomery joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Uh, we head now to our next break of the show. When we come back, more calls right after this. Matt and retired Ward M. Steve are on the line. We'll get to you all right after this. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Sports Call can now be heard on all Amazon Alexa devices. All you have to do is open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android, tap the menu icon in the top left, tap skills and games in the menu and search Sports Call Auburn, select the skill, then tap enable to use, then you're done. That's it. All you have to do now is say, hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I am Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry joining me on the program today as we roll along on this Monday edition of Sports Call. We are about to go back to the Auburn Bank or the uh, Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Uh, right about uh, now as we head back to the orthopedic clinic phone line and we talk to Matt from Tallahassee. Matt from Tallahassee from Casita for Auburn joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Matt, how are you doing on this Monday? What's up, Brooke? What's up, man? Hey, Tom. How's it going? Tom, you didn't bring your girlfriend. Yep, she's at work. What, did you ask her a trivia question you asked me? 
I, I, I do not have a trivia question. I will make sure that I do that uh, coming up. What's up, Brent? Hey, Matt. How you doing, man? Uh, hey, you guys keeping Tom straight? Trying to. It's a do, hard job. Doing our best. So you guys are talking about the Auburn LSU game. That is this Sunday coming up on the 14th, right? That's right. I'll be there. You will? Yeah, me and my mom and dad will go, yeah. Well, all right. I hope you have some fun. Yeah, I saw the former Auburn uh, player was playing against, uh, I think it was Georgia. Uh huh. And so, so, what do you guys think about that? Her coming player, former against her former team, uh, team against Auburn on Sunday. I mean, they, they, you've got people that are, you know, you, you, with this age of the transfer portal, people are transferring all over the place. It's going to start being a, a lot more common. You're going to see people transfer in conference and come back and play against their former teams li- uh, the next year. Yeah. So, like, so it's like, who on the Auburn's women, if you were Auburn's women's basketball coach, who would you, what player would you pick in Scott Grayson on the former uh, Auburn Tiger player, or who would you uh, who would you bet on if you were Auburn's women's basketball coach? Uh, I, I mean, you know, honestly, Scott Grayson's a really good name. You've also got uh, Jemiah Mingo Young, who's been really, really good so far this year. Taylor Collins has also stepped up this year. One of those three uh, are, are some uh, some some of the girls that are, are really doing well for the Tigers to start things, start off uh, SEC play, and also to start the season off. So, who you guys going for between Michigan and Washington tonight? Uh, that's a great question. We'll, we're going to talk about that a little bit more coming up here on the show as we, we roll along. But, you know, I, I think both teams have a chance to win it tonight. I, I think uh, Michigan's defense looked really, really good against Bama uh, last week. But Washington's offense is uh, is electric and has been all year. Michael Penix Jr. is a, a player that can light up the scoreboard at any given time. And so it, it should be a really fun game. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad Michigan beat Alabama. Sure. And, and like uh... – I have the James listening. James, I think Nick Saban, he won't. Uh, he needs to retire. He's getting old. Um, I give Nick Saban zero more chances about coming uh, being the coach. And they said I've heard rumors that Deion Sanders might be the next coach. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's you know Nick Saban. Every time people start to doubt him and start to uh, start to say he's done, he comes back and wins another title. And so uh, yeah. I think he's uh, he's still uh, still ready to go for a few more years at Alabama. Yeah, um, are you guys are you guys going to the basketball game tomorrow night? And do you think Auburn can probably beat Texas A&M? I don't think anybody in the in the studio right now is going to the basketball game tomorrow night, but I, I think Auburn has got a really good shot to beat Texas A&M. It's going to be one of the better SEC opponents that they've played this year. Is is Texas A&M? They're they're a team that's in the top uh, I don't know what top fifty in the net or top seventy five in the net right now, and uh, they're they're a really good basketball team. Buzz Williams always has a team that can beat Bruce Pearl's teams, and so I think Auburn should be favored at home. They should win the game at home, but it's going to be a, a fun game. Yeah. Well, hey, I was going to tell uh, Tom and Brent, uh, the guy I know in Tallahassee, he has told me that uh, Alex Langan is scoring about 20 or something points against for Ole Miss. How do you think that's going to work when Auburn plays Ole Miss at Auburn? you think we can probably stop Alex Langan 
or you think it's going to be the same with Alan Flanagan like he would at Auburn? I think that Alan Flanagan's a really good player. I wish he was still at Auburn because I think he was a good player at Auburn, and I think he's just kind of having his best season so far uh, in his first at, uh, or his first and only at Ole Miss. But uh, I think that Auburn is a really good defensive team, and I think that Auburn can probably hold him down, but I think he's a really good player, and he's going to score a little bit anyway. So uh, whenever Auburn does play Ole Miss, then, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know. Probably be whoever's in at that small forward spot. That's where Alan Flanagan plays. So probably Chris Moore, Chad Baker, Mazzara are the two guys you're going to see matched up most with him. Uh, uh, Jalen Williams might rotate onto him a little bit when he comes inside. Janai Broom is going to be a, a post defender for Auburn. So if he comes inside, Janai is going to be there. But uh, I, I think that I think that part of what makes Auburn really special is that they have multiple guys that you can rotate, not just uh, on into the game, but onto different players defensively. So I think that that's part of a uh, Auburn's game plan is to defend everybody with multiple guys and see if you can't wear somebody down. Would you guys probably pick KD on Flanagan? I think KD's a little bit smaller uh, than than a defender that I would like on Allen Flanagan. Flanagan's about what? five or six inches taller, so probably not what, KD. What about, what about Holloway? Same story, just not They're not the same small. guard. He's he's a guard. He needs to guard other guards. Uh, okay. Well, hey, uh, listen. Uh, James, like if James, if you talk to James tomorrow, tell him if he wants to know what I'm going to do in swimming in April. I will tell him. Uh, I will like I will give him the answer on next Monday. So I'll talk to you guys. I'll talk to you. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see if Tom can get his girlfriend to come in next week, or at least bring some uh, bring some trivia for you next week. Hey, Tom, can you bring your girlfriend next week? I, I mean, she she's at work while I'm on the show. I'll see what I can do. Well, hey, she can't come, baby. You, you asked her a trivia question. I, I will definitely see what I can do. Well, yeah, you guys have yeah, have you guys heard heard from Sean? Have not heard from him in a while. He's fired. All right. Hey, hey, Brady, you guys trying to try to get my man in, uh, Devon Reed or Cadillac? We're we're we are uh, we're gonna try it. It's really hard to get those guys. They're they're off recruiting and doing a lot of uh, coaching stuff. What about JJ? Uh, he's he's busy too. We'll have to see if we can get him in. We may be trying to work on getting him in sooner rather than later, though. You guys need to get Cam. You guys need to get Cam back yeah. on. Yeah. And uh, you guys probably get he's freed or. Bruce Pearl. We're, we're, we'll see what oh, we can do. Palmer Steve Pearl. Palmer Steve Pearl. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what we can do when when they're in season. It's hard to get them on the air. Uh, well, you guys have you guys like a happy late New Year to you guys, and I'll talk to you guys next Monday. All right. Uh, and and um, where down Steve called? Uh, he is waiting on the line. He'll get he'll we'll have him on in just a little bit. Well, tell him, I, tell him I said, hey, and like, if he has any questions for me, what I'm going to do in April, swimming, like I said, I'll give, I'll give him the answer next Monday, too. All right, sounds good. All right, Warrior, guys. Warrior Eagle, that was Matt from Tallahassee joining us 
on the orthopedic clinic phone line let's head to our next break of our number one when we come back more sports call right after this Another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Hi, welcome to Lifesavers Mission Thrift. Ah! Greetings, human. We are from the planet Mars. Word. Wow, but what are you doing here? We've observed that you wish to land on our planet. Yes, and so we must be prepared with new clothes and furniture, and we don't have much money. Yeah, we're students. Well, you've come to the right place. Mission Thrift has all kinds of clothes, furniture, gifts, all at the lowest prices you'll find. Excellent. And the best part is, all proceeds go toward helping underprivileged children of our community. Terrific. We will begin purchasing immediately. Zip up. Begin rummaging through those polyester pants. Lifesavers Mission Thrift Store on East University Drive in Auburn behind Zaxby's. Hey everybody, I'm Brian Watts. And I'm John Harden. And we're your local land advisors with Southeastern Land Group. Working with Southeastern Land Group comes with several key advantages. With decades of industry experience, we've developed an extensive understanding of land value, ensuring that you'll either find your perfect property at a fair price or sell your land for its true worth. Our team also includes registered foresters like Brian, providing critical insights on timber value that can be a significant asset to buyers and sellers. Plus, our network is vast, meaning your property gets maximum Exposure. That's right, John. As a realtor and registered forester, I can also assist landowners and investors with the management of their timber and give them an overall comprehensive plan to maximize the return on both their real estate and timber investment. To see all of our properties, visit us at selandgroup.com. And remember, invest, grow, and conserve. At Shrimp Basket, we're a family-friendly restaurant that keeps it shrimple. Come in for all the oysters in the world and grab a table at Shrimp Basket on Raw Oyster Tuesdays. We'll dish out our mouth-watering oysters for only 79 cents a piece every Tuesday. It's a deal that shrimply can't be beat. So spice up your week with Shrimp Basket on Raw Oyster Tuesdays, where it's only 79 cents per oyster. Visit the Shrimp Basket at 1651 South College Street in Auburn. That's 1651 South College Street in Auburn. Limited time offer while supplies last. Shrimp Basket, we're grilling, steaming, and frying. From the very beginning in 1907, Auburn Bank's mission has been to promote our community, see businesses flourish, and improve the livelihoods of local citizens. We have operated a simple and straightforward business model built on a foundation of sound business decisions and a caring response. Our local team stands ready to discuss your financial needs and goals. Auburn Bank, champions of you. Member FDIC, online at auburnbank.com. This is Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Make sure you check that out wherever you get your podcasts. SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn. Our app, Tiger Communications app. 
free to download wherever you get your apps. If you don't have it, absolutely free. What What are you doing if you don't have? What it at are this you point? doing, Brent? Do you have the app? I do have the app. Good. Tom, do you have the app? Yes, absolutely. Good. I was about to say, just say, just say yes. Yeah, I was about to say, just say yes. yes. You better say yes. <laughs> just say yes, Tom. I do. Just have say the, yes. I have the app. I have the app as well. Work purposes. We're all app havers. We are all app havers. What's your favorite app that you have? Oh, what's my favorite? You don't have to be the. You don't have to be company man. Say Tiger Communications app. Well, I do love the Tiger Communications app for reasons that we've outlined. <laughs> um, I, mean, I I spend a lot of time on Twitter, man. Yeah, I am. T- I, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, Twitter, I'm a Twitter guy all constantly. the time. X, Twitter. X. Excuse me, Twitter. 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 I'm on Twitter. Honestly, I go back and forth because Twitter is really fun. TikTok. I was. A, I I go to sleep to TikToks at night. I was I was a non TikToker in during uh, when it first got big, like during COVID. Yeah. And uh, uh, my now wife, who I was still just uh, dating at the time, she would show me all these TikToks. I'm like, that's fun. I don't think I'll ever you know get on there. And then it was when it was when we were going to potentially ban TikTok from like the app store, but it was still going to be active. Yeah. I'm like, well, if I'm going to get it, I might as well go ahead and get it now. It was kind of my rebellious move. It is uh, it is banned on uh, Auburn University Wi-Fi. It is. You cannot access TikTok. That's right. It's hindered uh, hindered my my significant others <laughs> downtime at work, really. Um, but uh, it is... Poor Grace. <laughs> she she watches enough. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> she, she watches it enough. But that I think those two are my big social media apps. Other than that, the Chick-fil-A app is awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm on the Chick-fil-A app <laughs> the food, often. Too I mean, much. Too much I'm on the Chick-fil-A the, app. The fact that almost every other time I go to Chick-fil-A and order something and scan the app, it then sends me a survey to do to then get free food afterwards. Mm. I'm always getting free stuff on, mm. on there. So that's a that's a top one. But my number one is obviously the Target Communications app because you can listen to everything. Right. You can listen to us. You can listen to uh, The Brooks Show over on 99.9 Kate in the afternoons if you want some classic 80s and 90s music. You can hear music. Uh, you can hear my lovely voice call Smith Station yeah. Athletics tomorrow over on night, F- FM Talk 93.9. Yeah, headed, headed back over to Smith tomorrow as uh, they host the Auburn High Tigers. That's right. And, you know, we'll go ahead and plug it now because uh, I, I have About 5.30 Central now. is when uh, we'll go on. I've forgotten until now. We will have a short show tomorrow here on Sports Call due to Beauregard basketball returning uh, from the uh, our Christmas break. They've played a couple games since Christmas, but um, we are we are returning our coverage. Tim Sin and the guys will have the call out there at Valley High School tomorrow night. But uh, you're going to be back at home at Smith Station mm-hmm. against uh, the like you said the Auburn High Tigers. Both of them getting started about five thirty Central Time. Uh, if you're listening in the Smith Station side, I think six thirty Eastern over there is when those games get started. Uh, but We've got basketball coming for the next month. I saw my alma mater, uh, Robert Stale, release their baseball schedule this past weekend. So that nice. means baseball, high school baseball season's about to run run around the corner. Um, so it is a it's a it's a you know it's a great time to get the app. Great time to get the Tiger Communications app. Also, while we're plugging things, let's just go about the gauntlet here. Make sure you go online and fill out our sports call survey. Mm, please, uh, Twitter, please do. Facebook, Instagram, all three platforms have the uh, have the link to it. Uh, I think Instagram, you you, it's in our it's bio. in the bio, yeah. Uh, so you, we can actually post the link on Instagram, whatever the algorithm stuff. Uh, but it is um, it, you make sure you go and fill out that sports call survey. 
We'd love to hear from you. Bits that you want to hear more. It's, you want to it's hear, pinned on our Twitter uh, at SportsCallAU. I'm going to say, tell us if you want to hear more Brant on the show as the year goes <laughs> on. Uh, it may be hard because he's starting school back this or week. Or maybe less Brant. I hope it's less Brant because you, when, when classes start back, I'm not going to be on this show very much. I would say if and when uh, Mr. Tom Peavy wants to, uh, if you want to hear more of Tom Peavy on the show. If you Why would hear, you? If you want to hear less of me, <laughs> just tell Ryan to get better. I'll, I'll leave. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, it, it makes sure you go and fill it out. It, it does, you know, we, we, we continue, you know, we, we've won a couple Abbeys, uh, these last few years. Uh, and the only way we can do that is to get the show better. And the, the only way we get the show better is when you tell us what we, you know, we, we, we are sports call. We are driven by callers. We love to hear from you guys, uh, out there. We love to hear it. So if there's anything you're, you know, say you want to hear more of or less of, make sure you call in. Uh, I mentioned well, uh, before, uh, before ahead. we move on. Uh, we have gotten this question before. We yeah. only want every listener to fill it out one time. We do yes. not need multiple entries from the same person. We don't need spam. We've we've gotten we've or, gotten that question, and you know, thanks if, thanks if, for wanting to do so. But if you do it multiple times, make it convincing that it's not actually the same person. <laughs> don't say that's this is that, Brant Daughtry, and then this is uh, Drant Brautry. Don't make it like that. Make it you obvious. you worked really hard for yeah, that bit. I did a lot of brain power went into that one. Um, I mentioned on the the, the <laughs> app you can listen to our sister station ninety nine point nine KDFM. The only reason I plugged it is I saw our general manager uh, Brooke walk by. She's the Brooke show in the afternoons. She plays a lot of seventies, eighties, nineties music, whatever. Kate, great, some great music over there. Um, how are you guys doing with your New Year's resolutions? I have a point to this. I have not had a New Year's resolution in about. A decade, so I'm doing fine with mine. Tom, are you? My, mine's doing great. All right. Yeah. Every okay. I had a resolution is, not to do a New Year's resolution. All right. Outstanding. <laughs> My so here's this is going to like a window into the way I think about things. Uh-huh. Whenever I try to make some kind of lifestyle change, I try yeah. not to make it a big event. I try not to say, okay, I'm going to start it now. I'm going to do this thing at this time, and this is going to be the beginning of. It. I'm just like. Hey, I want to make a change. I'm going to make that change. That, that's yeah. the way I approach it, sure. and that's that's what works best for me. Um, and it, it's, it helps and it's, it has significantly improved my lifestyle over the past six or seven months, I think. But yeah, my wife, Grace has her, one of her new year's resolutions is to be better versed on music. I've said it on the show before. She is a <laughs> you big and I, Taylor you and I had this conversation earlier. She's today. a big Taylor Swift fan, and so like she, that's that's her main music. I pretend to be a big Taylor Swift fan for Brant's uh, enjoyment, um, but it is it, it. She's trying to get better at music. She's, if it's for my enjoyment, you can stop at any time. <laughs> she so she uh, she started yesterday. Took her a week to get into it, but I'm laying there. She's getting ready for church. I, I hear <laughs> music start from the bathroom. And I'm like, what in the world am I listening to? She started with Whitney Houston, which is a great music choice. But she hit shuffle on Whitney Houston's greatest hits. And the first thing that played was her version of the Star Spangled Banner from the Super Bowl. <laughs> Any Whitney Houston song out there could have popped up first. Well, but I'm, I'm oh. laying in bed groggy. And I hear the national anthem oh, coming from boy. the bathroom. That's and I'm like, so what funny. is happening here? Did you in- stand up? No, I didn't. I should have. Uh, but, you know, everybody's working on New Year's resolution. When I said, when I mentioned the Brooks show, 80s, 90s, 70s music, I immediately went to that story. Uh, so, yeah, Star Spangled Banner by Whitney Houston is what uh, what we started off our music education in the children's household with uh, for 2024. 
and so if anybody's got any music suggestions, send them to me at Real Brooksy on Twitter. We'll get her. Uh, we'll get her. Get her music tastes up. I you said your your Twitter handle is Real Brooks C, yeah. like the letter. Yeah. I it sounded like you said Real Brooksy. Oh yeah. And I was I actually well, really like Real Brooksy. Maybe I should change it. Yeah. Maybe that should be my next change. Because uh, I call you Brooksy a lot. Everybody does. Yeah. Everybody does. Uh, we have run out of time for hour number one. Thanks for listening. When we come back after the top of the hour, we go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line. Retired Ward M. Steve has been hanging on. We'll get to you right after this. We'll also talk more Auburn basketball. We'll talk about this national championship game coming tonight, not involving the SEC. And, of course, the NFL ended regular season ended this weekend. Got a lot to talk about there more after this break. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call starts right now. I am Brooke Childress, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy joining me on this show today. Filling in for Ryan LaVoy. He is out under the weather. Hope to have him back this week. Joel and Ethan Cohen is the answer to my question that I had during the break. All right, anyway. What is that facts that people will not know what the context is to for 300, Alex? People people can figure out who Joel and Ethan Cohen are and probably... The Cohen brothers? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we start hour number two in yep. this, uh, this sports call. <laughs> anyway, I'm Brooke Shoulders filling in on this Monday show. I'm usually not on Mondays filling in for Ryan Lavoy. He is out under the weather today. Hope to have him back this week. Brant Daughtry, as you just heard, joining us here. Tom Peavy has stepped out of the studio. Brant Daughtry asking... The real questions. The real questions. Who are the Cohen brothers? What are the Cohen brothers? Why, why did I? Why do I care about the Cohen brothers right why now? Why are the Cohen brothers? Who knows? Uh, but anyway, we have got a uh, we had a great show for you in the first hour. Continue on here in the second hour. We got a lot of Auburn basketball to talk about as they defeated Arkansas over the weekend on the road, eighty three to fifty one. Uh, up in Bud Walton Arena, the only meeting between the Tigers and the Hogs this year, uh, outside of any postseason potential postseason matchups in the SEC tournament or maybe NCAA tournament. Uh, but the Tigers' dominant win over the the Hogs on Saturday. Also, got to uh, talk about some Auburn football news here o- uh, over the weekend. You guys weren't here on Friday. There's no longer an offensive coordinator here at Auburn. Uh, they are we're in the process of finding out who that is coming up here. In the next, uh, probably the next 
days, maybe a week or so, yeah. we'll know uh, won't be more long. on that. More c- other coaching rumors are swirling uh, about for Auburn. Uh, they're, Auburn's still working the transfer portal. Got a commitment. Got two commitments today. Got a signing today and a commitment today from two transfer guys. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up. And, of course, it is still the NFL Black Monday. Two coaches have gone down. Uh, still waiting to hear if other coaches will get the axe. I know a few had gotten the axe already in the middle of the season. Uh, and so it's not probably not as uh, bad of a day as you would have, you know, as, as people would have thought at the beginning of the season. But still, it is. Uh, and we'll talk some NFL here in a little bit, mainly because one of the head coaches that got fired was one that uh, we cover here on uh, Tiger 95.9. As we start this second hour of Sports Call, we go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line, and it is... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve leaves off the second hour of the program. Steve, how are we doing today? Well, I'm going to start off with Ward Dam beautiful Auburn basketball. That's right. And uh, I say good afternoon to you, to Tom and Brent. So the Co-op Bros, I believe, are football players, aren't they not? They are not. They're directors. They are not? They're movie directors. They're directors. They're mo- well, I was getting close. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, let's get to it, guys. I enjoy hearing your comments and your thoughts. I want to get your comments on my observations of the game. At first, during the, the first half, I said, uh-oh, we're playing kind of sloppy here. Uh, I think we only made two three-pointers in the first half, did we not? Uh, the first half, yeah, two, two, two of ten two in the first ten, half. Yep. Yeah, that wasn't good. I said, oh, they looking good. But, you know, even with the sloppy play they were doing, uh, they were still uh, ahead at the half by seven points, I think. And then the second half, holy crap, five of eight three-pointers made. And like you said, Tom, I think it was 46 to nine in the, uh, with our bench. Yeah, that's correct. 46 to nine yeah. was the total. And then... I read uh, from apparently, I hope these are accurate, that some of the players' post game comments from Arkansas saying that they had pretty much given up. Did you guys happen to read that? I didn't, I didn't hear them say that. I didn't read them say that, but I saw them do it. I don't know if they said, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised if they did admit to that, but they, they definitely did give up with about five minutes to go in the game. They pretty much quit playing, and I think Eric Musselman said as much in his post game presser. Oh, yeah, his quote was, we stuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't see a uh, shirt being torn off this time. And like you were correct, Tom, you know, I couldn't count uh, the number of people who were filing out of their seats, you know, uh, with about maybe 10 minutes left to the game. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, yeah it, em- it emptied out in a hurry. Yeah, their, fan- their fans yeah. gave up. The fans gave up quicker than the players did. Now, I'd like to hear from Snake. You know, we won't. What happened? We're not going to today. Okay. Now, did I expect a win like this by this kind of margin? No. I was hoping. In fact, I even said, guys, I asked y'all, could this come down to the last possession? Well, thankfully, it didn't. So I want to ask you your thoughts, guys. Uh, Do you see the the performance by Saturday? I know it's one game only. But did we see the ceiling of this team or only a potential ceiling? Uh, I, I mean, I, I think you saw the ceiling, but I think if Auburn plays like this all the time, they're going to win every game. I, I just don't think right. they're going to. I think that they got an extremely favorable matchup. They got something that Arkansas couldn't defend, and uh, it ended up uh, being, like you, like we all said, an easy win. 
Uh, I, I think that this is the ceiling for this team, and I think that this is a very high ceiling. Because Arkansas doesn't right. suck. I mean, we did, we talked about it earlier. They beat Duke earlier this year, and Duke's a team that wants to compete for national championships every year. Well, for me, this was a monumental, impressive win. And I'll tell you why. Because I didn't know this until I read it from Nathan King. At Bud Walter Arena, we have only won six times in the history there. Yeah. On the road at their place. Six times. And three of those were by who? Coach Bruce Pearl. Yep. I'm going to say, I, I bet you if you went back and we, you know, we did the research, there's a lot of places in the SEC that Auburn basketball hasn't won a lot. Yeah. Now, I know you guys mentioned the AP rankings. So I want to ask you, so I'm not being, you know, I'm just asking for the heck of it. Uh, I don't get it. Why do they care? And why is it made so uh, notable about the AP rankings for basketball? They don't matter. Who matters? The NCAA net rankings. And I see, according to Nathan King, we're number eight. That's what should matter, right? That's certainly the bigger concern if you're Auburn. Uh, the, a- the AP poll is a lot like it is in football. It's just there so, uh, so people like us have something to talk about. But what we should talk about is why are we are so high. We're in the top ten according to the NCAA net rankings because that's going to determine how we end up being seeded, not the AP rankings. You're right. I mean, yeah. the, the, the net rankings are it, it again. It, it just like like Brant said, it, it gives us uh, a chance to talk about something. It kind of gives you a a gauge of where teams are because you know the, the nets really don't start coming out until uh, you know, the net doesn't come out till after the season gets started. So the first AP poll, you kind of look at, you say, all right, this is where some of the teams could be, and then then you get into the season, and it's just it continues to be uh, you know voted on by by the media folks and not not us, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but it, it's uh, it's just a gauge to uh, people's opinions of how teams are doing. Okay, well, I don't care about opinions from writers who have no say so. So uh, I'm not trying to be a contrarian here. Again, well, Steve, Steve, what do you, you think we are? <laughs> I, I, I I don't care about the AP rankings, but why do they make them so important? Uh, all the sports writers, ESPN, when and you said just a few seconds ago there, uh, uh, you said you said. The net rankings don't come out, but they they're already out. Yeah, they're already well, out because they didn't make this up. Was number eight, right? Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, well, why shouldn't that be what's brought to the forefront? The the AP you know? poll the AP poll is much older. It's just the one that they've always used. And and, and no, it it doesn't matter. But it is the front runner. It is it is the oldest. It is the most established. So that is why. You can think that's dumb if you want to, but that's your reason. Okay. Well, to me, it's not. A reasonable explanation. Again, I mean, it, all right. It makes it, so sorry. It, it's like it, it's like Brant said. You know, in football, in, in football, you got the AP poll, you got the coaches poll, you've got all these different polls out there, and the only one that ends up mattering at the end of the year is the college football playoff poll. Well, I get it. And, and ESPN and, and they're yeah. talking heads, but we know in basketball there are different seedings. There are seedings in college um, uh, football. Uh, okay, so that's why I'm saying. You know, I'm going by Ken Palm. He has is also. He has us actually number five. You know, he has above us one of the SEC team, Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah, yeah, and they beat the crap out of Ole Miss. Yeah, they've been undefeated. Yeah, yeah, so what, what been about double that? digits. So let me ask about Tennessee guys. Uh, we're, I think the next and last game for us is in the season, isn't it? Aren't they? Yeah, it's pretty late yeah. in the season. You, for some reason, that Tennessee game usually seems to be right there towards the end. It's worked out well, that well, way a lot lately. Here. Maybe I just have poor recall. I mean, maybe, but we're playing them at their place, 
And I'm trying to think, when was the last time Tennessee came to play us at home? Um, I know we, we one of uh, did we did Auburn play them twice last year? Because I know they played them. We Auburn played at Tennessee last year because I was there at that game. Right, I was saying, well, why aren't they playing us here? I think I think Auburn did host Tennessee last year. I think they played them twice, once there and once here. Did we? Uh, I think I'm not positive about that, but I'm working to verify that. Uh, see on the on the on the flip side of that, it seems like Kentucky is always coming here. I know we have played in Rupp Arena, but it feels like that Auburn is always hosting Kentucky. Well, I remember the the trials that we got in 2019 at their place. Well, yeah, there there's that, but it just like I said, it, however that schedule works out, it seems like Kentucky is always coming here. Auburn and, played uh, at Tennessee and it hosted Tennessee last year, so it was two games against the Vols last year. And then the year before that, uh, Auburn was at Tennessee. Uh, uh, yeah, Auburn was at Tennessee for that one. And so it, it's, you know, a, a year that it's been just one game against the Vols and they had to come to Auburn. Uh, I think you're going to have to go back to, was it 2020-2021 season? Uh, nope, didn't play Tennessee that year. Um no, you did. No, it's the 2020-2021 season. You're going to have to go back to the year that Auburn hosted. So 2021 was the last time that Auburn just played Tennessee once, and it was at home. Okay. Well, I just wanted to see something like, do we never get to play them at our place? But okay. Uh, so why does always your place? Uh, okay. Uh, well, let's continue, guys, with uh, uh, some more uh, War Damn Eagle. We got two uh, transfers in today committed to us, one from Maryland. Yeah. Yep. And uh, another one from Texas. Yep. Yep. And the one from Maryland guy, uh, I read that he was like their number one recruit in the state of Maryland. Didn't know that. Yeah, he's a, a tight end, uh, tight end yeah. commit or tight end transfer into the, the Tigers. So big addition on the offense there as, as long as he pans out. All right. Now we got a team tomorrow night called A&M, and we have struggled with them. Yeah. It, 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 in fact, it doesn't seem to matter. If they're playing us at our place or their place, right? Uh, they, I know they beat Auburn in uh, Neville Arena last year. Yep, ended ended yeah. Auburn's ended Auburn's long home win streak. Well, apparently they seem to have our number from what I read, and I was going to ask you guys: Do uh, you see a let up by this team uh, because of their blowing out uh, Arkansas Saturday? Uh, you know, I, it, it sounds bad to say this, but yes. I, I because I don't they think they don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it's going to happen in this one against A and M, but realistically, I don't think that you're going to play at the level that they played against Arkansas every single game. So there's going no, no, to and that's right, and but so there's going to be a, there's going to be a let up somewhere that they, that things just aren't clicking for Auburn and it just things don't go their way. That just happens in basketball. That, that's just, just the way it not is. Not at home, though, Tom. Not well, at home. Well, you hope not, but Texas A&M beat Auburn in Neville Arena and ended Auburn's long, long winning streak, and that was against a pretty darn good Auburn team that they came in here and beat. And hopefully that should be in their memory banks or Bruce should remind them, hey, you know what they did to us at home? I'm sure it's going to be mentioned. Okay. Um, do you have any clue? What would you make the line for tomorrow night's game? Uh, I I would I would favor Auburn by like seven or eight. Look at it. Well, I can tell you, Ken Palm has uh, A and M uh, ranked number thirty four. Right. 
That's why I think Auburn, Auburn, Auburn will be favored in that game. It's just a matter of them taking care of the business that they need to take care of. Okay. So a quick question about Ken Palm, guys, because I don't understand his categories, and hopefully you're a lot smarter than I am. But he has a category that's called luck. What does that exactly measure? Uh, luck, uh, I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure it has to do with how often does your team get loose balls, how often do your open looks, or how often do your open looks fall. It, Ken Palm is an algorithm, um, and it, Ken, well, actually, Ken Palm is a guy, but Ken, but the guy made the algorithm, and he plugs whatever he wants to into the algorithm. I don't one hundred percent understand it, uh, but it it seems to be mostly right. And I I will say this: Ken Palm is not a measurement of where a team currently is. It is a measurement of how a team is predicted to finish. So that that's why it shouldn't be used as a an alternative to the AP poll that you were talking about earlier. Um, but I, what, uh, Brooks, do you have it up right now? Uh, I found, uh, so Ken Palm's luck he ranking. He has Auburn at minus, minus point zero eight four, and he has Tennessee. So I didn't know, then, uh, Purdue has plus, and Houston has plus. So I didn't know, is it a good thing, according to him, to be in the plus category or to be in the minus category? So the luck rate, so I found it online from, uh, onthebanks.com. Uh, luck rating from Ken Palm defines this as a measure of the deviation between a team's actual winning percentage and what one would expect from its game-by-game efficiencies. Essentially, a team involved in a lot of close games should not win or lose all of them. Those that do will be viewed as lucky or unlucky. And Auburn's oh. lost. Auburn's lost more close games than it's won this year, but it's only lost two games. Okay, so we're in the minus category. Means he, the iron luck is not that good then. Yes. It means that you have lost a couple of close games. Okay. And I didn't know this, so thanks for educating me, but that these are not what he thinks how good the team is doing right now, but rather how he predicts they will end up at the end of their season? What what his math predicts the team will end up being at the end of the season, yes. Okay, that's yeah. good. I, I, I could possibly even do that. I was going to say, the, uh, on Ken Palm's website, the luck factor has nothing to do with the rating calculation, but a team that is very lucky and has positive numbers will tend to be rated lower in the system. Okay, all right. Thanks, guys. Let's move on to tonight's game. All right. Do you guys have any you know, dog in the hunters? Do you care about who wins? Because I sure do. I know that a lot of people are going to be rooting against Michigan, and I understand That's why. Uh, I'm I I personally couldn't care either way. I am probably going to root a little bit for Washington. I think they're the more fun football team, but uh, honestly, I'm just glad to not have to care. Brent, I just don't want the damn cheaters to win. Well, <laughs> you you know my feelings about cheatings in college athletics, so. I mean, this and I, 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 totally, I totally understand what Michigan did is pretty unique, but I also think that they are not the only ones doing it. Well, here's where I'm coming Everybody from. cheats and, is, my, is my thing. Well, yeah, but, you know, so there's a level of cheating, okay? And um, Oh, yeah, I just think Michigan coming, just got caught. I'm coming from an article from uh, uh, Philip Marshall today, and I thought it was really well put because uh, he talks about, you know, during the investigation uh, with our guy Cam Newton uh, back in 2010, ESPN, all these other pundits and sports writers, you know, were just constantly, you know, asking Cam, our coaches, you know, about the accusations. And one or one of the quite often asked questions uh, was about, were we concerned about having the national championship taken away from us, depending on the outcome of the investigation? And they called it those two dirty words, 
journalistic duty. I call them dirty words because you know I haven't heard those words being spoken by any. I haven't read them, haven't heard them, especially by ESPN pundits, or read them by Sports Illustrated people, or Athlon Sports. Well, here's here's come, here's I the difference. Here's the difference, Steve. The Steve. Here's the difference. Cam New- Cam Newton was under a very long and intense investigation. There is no investigation happening to Michigan. They know what happened, and Jim Harbaugh has already been punished for it. You can say that the punishment no, was no, not. Hold on now, Steve. Fred, I, I Steve. You, Steve. I will get. I will get right Brooks here. to turn you off. Jim Harbaugh is not. Now. Jim Harbaugh has already been suspended for the Connor Stallion stuff. So. You can argue that the punishment was not severe enough. I think that's a valid argument. But personally, I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to look at this and go, Jim Harbaugh is a dirty, dirty cheater, and he's so much worse than anyone else in college football, and he needs to be suspended forever and coaching license taken away or whatever. So, I, you know, I have, have your opinion. That's perfectly fine. Uh, I, I'm not saying that you need to feel differently about Jim Harbaugh than you do. I'm saying that's the explanation for it. And that's why it's different from the Cam Newton thing. Okay, I'm coming from, unless Phil Marshall is way wrong, he says in his article that there are two NCAA investigations of Harbaugh and Michigan program that are ongoing. And I, I, I would say... The, the uh, recruiting violations, the, which he's already been suspended for, and the filming of, the, practi- and uh, the filming of games, which he's already been suspended for. But the, I'll, I'll, listen, let, let, me, let, me, let me chime in here. They are in, the NCAA investigations are still ongoing. Those suspensions came from the Big Ten. The Big Ten ah, suspended him. The NCAA still does have investigations going. And so, Steve, here's what I would say uh, as to, uh, to it. I, I don't know if you remember this earlier this year, um, but there was a, a quite a few uh, Michigan fans, Michigan folks that were not happy with ESPN. ESPN was, uh, was, was definitely like questioning Michigan and everything, and, and they, were, they were doing some of the stuff. It, I'm, I'm, you know, it was not probably to the same extent that they did a, a Cam Newton or anything. It, but the other thing is that the Cam Newton thing was over a decade ago, and it's, it's, it's been a long time, and college football is very different. But, when Cam Newton played at Auburn, but the Michigan fans and and a lot of people around the Michigan program were not happy with with ESPN uh, negatively, quote unquote, negatively talking about Michigan during that time, as it was when it was just allegations. And there was even a movement. Uh, I don't remember what game it was, but College Game Day was going to Michigan. Uh, Big Noon Saturday, the the Fox show was going to Michigan on that same day, and they were trying to the Michigan fans were trying to organize and say nobody show up to the College Game Day because we don't like how they're covering Michigan. We need to go to Fox, uh, and so it's the, there. There was definitely uh, some folks around the Michigan program that were not happy with what ESPN was doing uh, during that time. Now, has it slacked off here a little bit? Yeah, it, it, there's not as much talk about it. They're, they they've put up a few graphics that have told you about Michigan uh, about Harbaugh being suspended twice this year. Uh, and over everything, but you're you're right. There, there's not as much talk right now around the national championship game, uh, 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 but about uh, what what could happen to Michigan. Well, I'm going to leave it with you know if they do win tonight, and all the pundits are saying they're going to win, um, then I hope eventually that the NCAA takes their championship away. All right, move real quickly to the NFL, guys. All right, and uh, I'm sorry to hear uh, that uh, Mr. Ryan Lavoy, you're still out uh, six. I hope you get better quick. But you know what? The uh, uh, football gods in the NFL must really love Tampa Bay. Yeah. Three straight because division you had, champions. You had a game yesterday that 
You ended up nine to nothing, and thank goodness you have a good field goal kicker. You had two touchdowns that were voided. One was a guy running for a touchdown and gets the ball knocked out out of his hands, rises going across into the goal line. Then you had another touchdown that was taken away as a penalty. Uh, so I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah. So Tampa Bay was uh, uh, was in the plus luck margin uh, way high there. Yeah. And then we go to the firing of the Atlanta Falcons coach. Now, I want to go to that because I didn't know until I saw the video clip from Bleach Report as to what happened after the game. Did you see what happened after the game, guys? Yeah, the, the little uh, confrontation between uh, the Saints coach and the Falcons coach after that, that oh, last yeah. second touchdown. Yeah, he goes to the Saints coach and says, that's a in what? BS. Yeah. And he was referring to the unnecessary, I guess, touchdown that was made at the end, right? Yeah. And it, well, and it, it sounds like the, the players decided to do that. The coaching right. the coaching staff did not want them to score, and the players were like, yeah, we're going to score anyway. Yeah, they said they talked about it, they were going to do it anyway. And then I think it was also in the same game, uh, there was a fake kneel that ended up going for a touchdown. That was, that was the, the that, same, the same yeah. incident. Yeah, it was the play. The same incident? Yeah. Okay, all right. So I guess they were trying to rub it in. But speaking of rubbing in, guys, and James, I know maybe I said well with you. I like you, man. I love you. Uh, but I hope Detroit gets payback uh, against um, uh, the Dallas Cowboys for that two-point version. But you know what happened yesterday, right? The One of the, the uh, people who reported uh, in the uh, Dallas Cowboys game for Detroit, well, apparently they're trying to rub it in yesterday. So they went twice to the officials. Did you know about that, guys? To let him know that he was going to come in as a eligible receiver. I did not see that, but uh, that, that's you know, good. Good uh, covering their bases there. Well, well, the first time though, the eligible receiver guy, the same guy's name is uh, was it uh, Skippy or something? I forgot. Anyway, he goes and he lets them know that he's coming in, but he has nothing to do with the play. It was a complete ruse. Yeah, that that happens a lot in the NFL. Guys, guys will declare declare themselves eligible and then just start blocking. Yeah, and then the next time he goes up there, he uh, brings attention. I'm coming back in again. This time he did uh, call play in. So uh, there you go with that. I thought that was hilarious. And then some of the losers, guys, in the NFL yesterday, all they had to do was win one game, and they were in. And that was, to me, the epitome of losing. I mean, they were doing so well at the beginning of the game, the Jags. Yeah. Losing to the Tennessee Titans, right? Yeah. All they had to do was win the game. All they had to do. Derek Henry had other plans. Okay, so guys, we got the NFL uh, playoffs already. I've already seen the matchups. Who do you think has the easiest route to make to the Super Bowl based on the current uh, playoffs? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's seeded, right? So I would say the one right. seeds, which would be Baltimore and San Francisco, and that's those are the, I think the two best teams in the NFL. That's who I would. That's who I think will be in the Super Bowl is Baltimore and the Forty ers Okay, um, so what, I guess you give little to no odds uh, for Kansas City than with Mahomes. I, I, I give them odds. They don't. Yeah. They're not terrible. I, they I they haven't been playing very well yeah. lately, though. I, I don't. No, I, I still think that Patrick Mahomes is probably the best, most talented quarterback in the NFL. But it, they, the Chiefs have a lot of weaknesses, and I don't see how they can make it past Baltimore. Okay, fair enough. Well, they have to play uh, the Dolphins this weekend, right? Yep. All right. And if they beat them, 
uh, I guess it depends on if the Bills win, then they have to play the Bills? Yeah, I think so. I'll be honest, I haven't even looked at the bracket. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm kind of tuning into the games whenever they start and going, Okay, this this team's playing this team. That sounds fun. Okay. All right, guys, that's all I've got. Thank you for letting me ramble. And uh I don't mind you guys disagree with me. Uh please uh you know, I hope you don't get bothered or uh, ruffle your feathers when I disagree with you guys. It's just I I I, I really get bothered by uh what seems to me sometimes some biases by uh, a lot of, uh, or many, uh, so-called sports writers and sports journalists, they'll select some teams to uh, make all kinds of uh, journalistic, you know, comments and criticisms. But yet, other teams uh, seem to get a free pass, and they don't get asked the same kind of intense questions. That's what I was getting at. But with that said, guys, uh, I sure hope tonight will be a, a, a real tough, close game, mm-hmm. and I hope it's not a blowout by either side. We'll see what happens. So have a relaxing afternoon and evening. And uh, Matt, Happy New Year to you. And Mr. Rylevoir, please get quick, really, really, really quick. Get get better. And uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Much more afternoon. War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Steve. That was Driver Ward. I'm Steve joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's head to our break here on the second hour of Sports Call. We come back after this. More talk. We'll talk some college football, some NFL college basketball as well. You listen to Sports Call on a Monday right after this. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Sports Call rolls on on a Monday. I'm Brooks Childress, filling in for Mr. Ryan LaVoy. Under the weather. Second show in a row he's been under the weather. As Steve said in his phone call just moments ago, wish him a speedy recovery as he continues to uh, hopefully get back here soon. Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, the usual Monday suspects. Join me today. How you doing? It's a, uh, it's a great, great Monday. I want to remind everybody, tomorrow's a shortened show. We'll be off the air about 5 o'clock. Only a two-hour sports call, 3 to 5 tomorrow, due to Beauregard basketball tomorrow night at Valley. Tim Sin, Seth Fuller, and the guys on the call out there. Brant will be also calling some basketball tomorrow night over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9, about 5 o'clock, 5.30 as well. Central, yeah, he will. 6.30, 6 o'clock, 6.30 Eastern, as they take on the Auburn High Tigers. That is down in Smith Station. High school basketball continues to roll on. Uh, as we enter the second part of the schedule after the Christmas break, you start to get into some area matchups. Really, really fun. Baseball, softball season, not too far away. Teams are starting to release their football schedules for next year. It's exciting. It's always something to talk about in the high school world around these parts. Make sure you uh, listen to high school basketball right here on Tiger 95.9. 
and on FM Talk 93.9 throughout the rest of the season for select games of Smith Station and Beauregard basketball. Uh, We've talked Auburn basketball a little bit earlier. Want to talk a little bit about Auburn football. A couple of uh, players joining the Tigers here today. You've had a transfer in from Texas. Texas, defensive lineman. And you've also had a – he signed today. uh, And then you've also had a commitment from a Maryland transfer tight end, Rico Walker, the four-star recruit, top ten athlete in the 2023 class. Uh, His dad played football at Auburn in the early 1990s. That nugget is from our friend friend of the program, Justin Ferguson. So the Tigers continue to hit that portal as uh, Hugh Freeze continues to put together this year's roster. Uh, Guys – Little notes about uh, these two players. Yeah, you're losing Marcus Harris, so you need another defensive tackle. You got one engaged keys coming out of uh, out of Kansas, but you needed another guy at that spot. So they went and got the guy from Texas. The kid, that kid, he was not just a spectacular player, but he played in every game this past season. Um, so a guy who's ready to come in and contribute has some power five experience from Leesburg, Georgia, uh, which is about two hours from here. So. Uh, a guy who's local and he gets to come back closer to home than from Texas. And uh, the kid from, um, goodness, Maryland. Maryland. Thank you. Uh, you needed another tight end. You had some, you had two guys who are leaving after this year in uh, Luke Deal and Rivaldo Fairweather. You still have uh, Micah Riley who's in that room, but you needed to add at least one other guy. So, uh, and, you, and you haven't gotten a tight end in the last two recruiting classes, so you're about to get thin there if you don't add to it. So you go out and you get the guy that uh, that just played at Maryland. And he was not uh, super productive this year, but it was his true freshman season, so he still got a lot of upside, was a, a three-star recruit, I believe, coming out of high school. So uh, a guy Three that – four, whichever site you're looking right, at. Right, right, right. Uh, three by some, four by others. But um, was he? Yeah, uh, I, the 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 stat I just quoted from Justin Ferguson had it as four star. Did it? Okay. So there's there's okay. So it, I, I only again, saw three, and, and like I again not trying to disparage the kid. Recruiting is weird. Yeah, but um, it depends on the service was, you're looking at. Right, was the highest rated recruit that Maryland had last season, and a guy that obviously they feel like there's a lot of at, uh, upside to him, and and at a position of need. So uh, I think that the, neither of these guys are absolute game breakers. They're not going to win national championships for you by themselves. But they are the type of guys that can raise the floor of your program. Tom, you, do you have any thoughts on the players that Auburn got uh, commitment today or uh, signing? I, I mean, once you're filling out the roster, I, I mean, I'm good with it. I bring on some, bring them, on, bring them on, uh, <laughs> bring them on, bring them on. Hey, if they if they pan out, they pan out. If they don't, then okay. But I mean, you you got to keep filling out that roster, and so. Uh, yeah, do it. I'm, I'm, and you know, I like the fact that you're getting an offensive guy and a defensive guy, so you're not, you're not just loading up on one side of the ball. But uh, hopefully, it's just I, I say just the beginning. I mean, obviously, transfer portal's been going on for a while, but uh, I, I still, I, I, I'm just, I'm one of those. I'm ready to see Auburn get a quarterback. I, I think that that's needed. I are desired by most fans. I'm not sold on Peyton Thorn, but anyway. The two guys I got, yeah, I'm good with it. Uh, moving on in other, another uh, Auburn football news. You guys weren't here on Friday to talk about this, but Auburn football no longer with an OC. Philip Montgomery 
departing the program, mutual Shocker. parting of ways. <laughs> uh, Hugh Freeze said in a statement, uh, he wishes him nothing but the best. Uh, from all the reports that we've seen from the beat writers, it's it was not a, they didn't get along. It was a, a good relationship between the two. It was just a philosophical offensive differences between the two that led to the departing of ways on Friday uh, between the two. Uh, b- b- between uh, Hugh Freeze and the the OC Phil Montgomery, uh, guys, thoughts on the the departure, and then what do you guys want to see with the OC position going forward? I I, per- I mean I think it was one of those that needed to be done. Uh, I had said it as, as much on here, um, and obviously I mean if there's philosophical differences, if there's personal differences, if whatever the differences are, if they if the head coach and the OC are not seeing eye to eye, then that's a problem. And especially when your head coach is an offensive-minded guy. So that had to be made. That decision had to be made. That move had to be made because this offense was an abject failure this year. Um, Now, what would I like to see moving forward? It's such a weird answer to say this, but I don't care. I just want it to work. Like, I, I, I look. If you free, you want you want him to be here for more than one year at this point. Well, listen. If if it's Hugh Freeze calling the plays, and you bring a guy in that's just going to kind of serve as as a position coach of some mm-hmm. sorts, and maybe have a title of OC for you know for a boost in pay. If it's working, then that's fine. If that's what you want to do, then 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 it, let's put our freaking offense together and and start. Scoring points. If you're going to bring an OCN that is going to be the play caller and and wants to run a dynamic offense of, of their choosing and things, and if Euphries wants to sit back and you know kind of be the guy that gives input, then sure, then do it that way too. Um, but like I said, it to me it's that because the offense has just been so bad over the last several years that I I just am honestly at that point that. I don't care what you do, just fix it. Whatever it is, whatever you have to do to fix it and whatever is on your brain as the head coach of this football program, just fix it. And that's all I want. I want it fixed. I need to see Auburn with a competitive offense to go along with a defense that seems to be year after year very competitive and an offense that just cannot seem to get out of its own way. I look at this decision to move on for Phil Montgomery. And I think it's the only one that makes sense. The offense did not work this year. Uh, and it was very clear that whether it was scheme or individual play or individual play calls or game plan, there was something that went wrong every week. Most of the time, except for that stretch against the weaker sec teams where Auburn went on a three week run where that was when the offense was clicking, but then you lost to New Mexico state and you only put up 10 points that that kind of thing happened over and over. And it was very clear that the offense just was not comfortable. Um, so moving on from Phil Montgomery makes sense to me. It was always weird that Hugh freeze, a guy who has always called plays, who has always been the primary play caller, wanted to come into the biggest job that he's ever had, the highest expectations he's ever had, and was going to give up play-calling duties. So that that decision always struck me as weird, and I said as much a year ago. Um, can't question that now. It happened. You fired the guy that you hired to do that. So now what do I want to see? I want to see them bring in a guy or maybe promote a guy from inside let him handle, let him help with game planning, let him be a top recruiter, and let him be a glorified quarterbacks coach, 
and let Hugh Freeze run the freaking offense. It's what he was hired to do. It is why his name is one that we all know, because of his ability to design, plan, and execute an offense. That is why he is famous. That is why he has the job he has. It's what he needs to do. Recruiting is a big part of it. I understand that Auburn's roster is not in a position that it needs to be in. I 100% agree with that recruiting is one of the more important parts of being a great football coach. You also have to be able to do both. You've got to be able to coach your football team and recruit good players to replace the players that are leaving, especially in the transfer portal era. You've got to be able to do that all at the same time. You are expected to juggle. It's the job of being a big-time head college head coach in college football. So I want to see Hugh Freeze take over the offense. You are in charge of the individual play calls. It's why you were hired. It's why we know who you are. That's what he needs to do, in my opinion. And whoever the OC that comes in, yes, I would like it to be a guy who has a big name. But you don't have to hire a guy who's a big name because, in my ideal world, He's not calling plays. He's a quarterback's coach and an individual game planner and the ty- and the kind of guy who helps Hugh Freeze get ready to call the game on Saturday. Now, still have to recruit. I get that. But you've got to be able to do it all at the same time to, for, for me to be happy. On uh, Friday when this came out, Matt Zinitz of 247 Sports reported that the final decision had not been made. Uh, Hugh Freeze was, is likely to take over offensive play calling for Auburn, uh, is what he said sources were telling him at 247 Sports. Also, it could uh, cur- uh, was looking like on Friday that analyst Kent Austin was going to end up getting promoted to QB coach. Per sources, Austin was the co-OC and QB coach under Freeze at Liberty, has also been a head coach at Cornell and the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. That's one of those in, in- that, uh, that makes sense inside to me. hires that would, wouldn't uh, happen. Obviously, nothing has still come from that. Uh, right. That that's still a a report out there. Uh, but that's that's one of the uh, that, that's like what what you were talking about, uh, Brant. One of those internal hires. Yeah, absolutely. And Ken Austin, a guy who has coaching experience. He's an experienced guy. Um, has been with Hugh Freeze for a lot of time. He was one, he was his offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Went with him to Liberty, and now is here with him at Auburn in that analyst position. He's a guy that Hugh Freeze clearly trusts. And when you get into that kind of role. That's the kind of guy that you want to work with. And I know it says QB coach and not offensive coordinator. You can very you can very easily slap offensive coordinator onto the end of QB coach and say uh, he, he's the guy that's helping you game plan. And again, Hugh Freeze will be coordinating the offense, even though he is the head coach and not the quote-unquote offensive coordinator. It, it, I think that that totally makes sense. I think that's the kind of thing that I would like to see, even though like, if you want to bring in another outside offensive coordinator, uh, I think that totally makes sense too. But at the end of the day, it needs to be Hugh Freeze running this offense. Uh, a few other names that were thrown out there uh, for uh, throughout this weekend, uh, former Ole Miss uh, offensive line coach and former Ole Miss head coach Matt Luke, his name has been floated out there, Damian Craig. Every time there's an opening on the offensive staff at Auburn, yeah, Damian, Damian Craig's going to be Damian well, Craig. Uh, yep. <laughs> starts, uh, his name starts getting circulated around. Uh, of course, Ken Austin was thrown out is, there. Does Damian Craig have a job right now? I don't was think he, so. he, was he was not at, retained by Mike Elko, was he? Say, he was at Texas no. A&M, and I don't believe he's still there. Okay. No, well, he I, he left. I think he was part of the Cam Coleman leaving, obviously Jimbo leaving, but I think Damian also leaving was a big issue with uh, Cam Coleman coming to mm-hmm. or leaving A&M and ultimately coming to Auburn. So uh, Auburn fans love him. They'd love him. He is a – I mean, if you want to bring a guy in that's a recruiter – and as a, oh, a, a show enough show fire recruiter, 
then Damian Craig's the type of guy that you can look for with that. So uh, a couple, those are a couple names. Uh, Major Applewhite, the former Houston head coach, who's been at South Alabama's OC <laughs> for quite a few years. His name. I'd forgotten about Major there. Applewhite. I I remember him now. I'd forgotten he existed. I didn't know where he was. Uh, another name that was floated out. I believe his name was floated out last year when uh, Keith Freeze first got here. But Phil Longo, the former North Carolina head. Uh, mm. Offensive coordinator that went to uh, went to Wisconsin this past year. So, uh, is there you know, you, Brent, you were talking about the Ken Austin move. If that were to actually come to fruition here in the next few days, are any of those guys names that you're interested in, or is there anybody else out there that you're that you would think of that comes to your mind that you would like to see come back? Oh, I've got no. I I I don't know anything. I know that I I really trust Matt Luke. I think he's a great offensive line coach. I thought he was really good at Ole Miss as head coach when he had that opportunity. Now, obviously. Ole Miss not having any buyer's remorse as far as Lane Kiffin goes, but uh, I do think that Matt Luke's a very good coach, um, and I think if you get him, all of a sudden your offensive line problems, because Auburn, we've talked about it, Auburn's doing great in recruiting, they still do not have enough offensive linemen, but uh, if you get Matt Luke in here, I could see that problem going away very quickly. Tom, any 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 other thoughts on uh, I mean, I, I I love I love throwing the names out there and playing the name game. Yeah, uh, you know, Damian Craig is obviously one that I I think I'd love to see here if if there have not been bridges burned or anything. Um, the only thing that you run into is you know my understanding with Hugh Freeze is that he's very much similar to Gus Malzahn in the sense that he has trouble trusting people. I guess he has trust issues. And so he wants to have somebody around him that he knows and that he trusts. And and whether it be them running the plays or him running the plays or however, but it needs to be somebody he trusts. When you start just throwing the name game out there, I don't know that these are guys that Hugh Freeze knows. I don't know it's if these guys that it's guys that he is familiar with and if it's guys that he trusts to come in here and and run the offense. And yeah. so I would much rather instead of just playing that name game and you know just going out there and thinking of like the hottest offensive quarter name uh, coordinator names that you can think of. Yeah. In reality, it's going to have to be somebody that fits with what Hugh Freeze wants to do. It's going to have to be somebody that he's comfortable with. Um, if it's the guy that's on staff right now, and he just takes over as a position coach, and Hugh Freeze calls all the plays and is is basically the offensive coordinator, then that's cool. You know. I, like I said before, I just want it to work. Yeah, I, I, whatever yeah. it is. Um, so yeah, but now I'm also looking at uh, Matt Zenitz seven minutes ago. What he posted on Twitter. Oh, I didn't see that. Florida is expected to hire Auburn defensive coordinator Ron Roberts as executive head coach for defense, co-defensive coordinator, and linebackers coach. Sources tell two two four seven sports. Well, that's also big. And well, so, that's Matt third, third hour. Here we that's go. Matt Zinnett saying that just a few minutes ago. We will uh, get to that on the other side of this break. Two hours of sports call are down, and a lot more to go. Apparently, you're listening to Sports Call on a Monday. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. 
To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of this Monday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Our website, thetiger.fm, are streaming live on our app, the Tiger Communications app, or if you're listening after the fact on the Tiger on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. No matter how you're listening, thank you for listening. Anybody out there getting in their cars, driving home from work, be safe. We've got a weather report from Mr. Tom Peavy that the rain has arrived. The rain is here. And so make sure you're driving safe out there. It's going to get a lot more rain as the night goes on into tomorrow. Uh, make sure you uh, tune in. Uh, make sure you are uh, weather aware just in case something goes down uh, in the severe type. Uh, I, I don't know how severe the weather could get up here. Tom, you're talking about the south part of the state. Yeah. South, southwest part of the state uh, may get uh, hammered a little bit. But um, just make sure you're weather aware out there. Make sure you know, you're, you've got your weather radios. Obviously, listen to, you know, I don't want to say listen to us, but like, if you listen to uh, terrestrial radio, Tiger 95.9, all of our sister stations, uh, we do have the weather alerts that break in in case something goes down. Uh, so make sure that you are uh, staying weather aware. Uh, I'm Brooks Shoulders filling in for Ryan Lavoy here on this Monday, still under the weather, so he's not in today. Hope to have him back this week, though, early in the week specifically. Uh, Tom Peavy and Brent Daughtry joining me on the show today, the usual Monday suspects uh, on the show. And it is now time... As we enter this third hour, as we do every single day, it is time for the 5 at 5 brought to our friends over at Southeastern Land Group. Make sure you go out and uh, and check them out, selandgroup.com. Uh, Brian Watts, John Harden, great guys. Uh, they come into the studio or come into our, uh, our building every so often to uh, cut their new commercials. Love talking to those guys. I know they listen to us, and so we, uh, we really enjoy their partnership. And listen, we talked about New Year's resolutions earlier. Uh, and I, I, I kind of did this segue on Friday, but we talked about New Year's resolutions earlier. If your New Year's resolution is to get outside more uh, and be out <laughs> more in nature, what better way to do it than on your own land? Like you, you don't have to go and you know go to you don't have to get in the car and drive anywhere. You don't have to go pay to get into a park somewhere. You can do it right on your own land, and uh, John and Brian can help you do that. Visit them online, selandgroup.com. Our sports call five at five today. The NFL wrapped up their regular season yesterday, so we're going to go through the NFL playoff games that are set for this weekend with... Number one. Number one is Saturday, two games on Saturday. You've got the Browns visiting the Texans. The Texans won the division, uh, got into the playoffs on Saturday night with a win over the Colts, and then won the division yesterday with the Jacksonville Jaguars falling to the Tennessee Titans. So C.J. Stroud in his rookie season guides the Houston Texans to a playoff spot. Meanwhile, on the other side of that game, Joe Flacco, uh, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, uh, guiding <laughs> them into a playoff spot. After 39 having, years old. After having uh, so many, so many quarterbacks this year. They've gone through so many quarterbacks up there in, in Cleveland this year. Uh, and they're into the they're into the playoffs uh, this excuse me this year uh, once again. So Browns Texans Saturday, that's the afternoon game. Then it is 
Number two. Number two, the Saturday night game is the Dolphins visiting the Chiefs. Tua Tagovailoa versus Patrick Mahomes. Uh, big game in that one. The, the Dolphins could not win the division last night of the AFC East. Fell to the Buffalo Bills at home in what felt like a very uh, Buffalo-heavy crowd down there in South Beach. Uh, but it was uh, the, the Buffalo Bills winning that division. The Dolphins come in as the wild card team having to go play on the road at the AFC West champion Kansas City Chiefs. Then number three. Number three, three games on Sunday, starting out with Steelers visiting the Bills. The AFC East champion Bills roll on. Josh Allen continues to make that team so good. They are they are just an absolute tank of a program, uh, and it, it looked a little rough in the middle of the season, and they started to get things fixed, and they, they ended up winning the division. The Steelers, Again, a team that you always kind of, you know, you, you doubt, you know, some people, a lot of people kind of doubt them, but then somehow end up in the playoffs every single year. Then it is number four. Number four, the late afternoon game. The Packers visit the Cowboys. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys are on a mission for a Super Bowl this year, but a rejuvenated uh, Packers team coming into Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium down there in Arlington. Should be a really fun game between those two. Then number five. Number five, the Sunday night game. The Rams visit the Lions. It is uh, Matthew Stafford going back and facing his old team that's in the playoffs now, the, the Detroit Lions, versus their old quarterback, Jared Goff. So it should be a really fun game up there in Detroit. The, the Lions uh, finally getting back to the playoffs. They killed their, uh, I don't remember how many years it was in a row they had not made the playoffs, but uh, they are back in the playoffs. Congratulations to the Lions. And here's a bonus for you. Number six. A bonus one, the Monday night game. The Philadelphia Eagles visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers winning the uh, the NFC South Division yesterday with a victory over the Carolina Panthers. And they are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles, who are kind of struggling right now uh, as we go into the postseason. So that should be a really, really interesting game over on Monday. And now that was your number five. Five at five brought to you by our friends over at Southeastern Land Group. Before we get into uh, the breaking news that happened uh, moments ago, uh, let, let's, uh, you know what, never mind. Let, let's just go straight into the breaking news because that's, uh, that's a bigger deal. Uh, as Tom, you pointed out, heading into the top of the hour break, Matt Zenitz, uh, report, uh, national reporter for 247 Sports, tweeting out just about half an hour ago that Florida is expected to hire Auburn defensive coordinator Rom Roberts as executive head for defense, co-defensive coordinator, and linebackers coach. Uh, breaking, uh, There was rumors all last week that maybe this could be something that happened. I don't know if Florida was the team uh, that was the, the rumored destination until very recently. Uh, and I think Florida started to surface here in the last couple days, but there was some rumors out there that Ron Roberts may be on the way looking to go elsewhere, and it, it appears that it is happening, and he's going to another Southeastern Conference school. Yeah. Uh, that's a much bigger loss than than uh, losing Phil Montgomery because the, the defense was good, uh, and Ron Roberts came here as a, a very highly regarded defensive coordinator, and didn't slow anything down this year. I mean, that defense, uh, for as bad as the offense was, the defense is what kept this season from being a, an epic disaster of proportions that we haven't seen here since Gene Chizik's last couple of years. So that's a big loss. But uh, this is where you, uh, you you rally the troops and you go out and you find a guy. And in, in this case, this is one where you need to shoot for the stars. Um uh, Hugh Freeze is not a defensive-minded guy. 
So this is where you go and you find a guy that will run the defense and it's a hands-off, you know, as far as you freeze, hands-off, bring a guy in here that is going to run the defense that can bring in and recruit some of the top defensive players in the entire country. And obviously you hope you bring in a guy that uh, that uh, melds well with what you already have here because one of the worst things that you could have is, is to lose your coordinator and then start losing players because of that if you bring a guy in that doesn't gel with these dudes and then you start having them bounce you want a guy that come in here and and maybe even generate more excitement than than ron roberts but uh that's going to be a that's going to be a big chore to try to replace him yeah i i know that there were some individual moments where you're kind of going hey what in the world is the defense doing like giving up a fourth and 31 and that's legitimate but overall the defense was really good this year like tom said it was what kept Auburn in a lot of games. I think Auburn is not in a bowl game if the defense isn't as good as it no, is. Not. And the the fact that you know the defense was not fully stocked, much like the offense, the roster was not good enough, but the defense still played well enough to to keep Auburn in games and to win Auburn a couple of games. Um Moving for losing Ron Roberts is, like Tom said, a much bigger loss mm-hmm. because, like Tom said, you have an offensive head coach. And the thing with def- the difference between offensive and defensive head coaches is the defensive head coach is going to want to have a say in what offense you run, what he's going to place dampeners on what an offense can do because how much an offense is on the field directly affects the defense. An offensive head coach is not going to care what defense a defensive coordinator runs. That defensive coordinator is going to be the head coach of the defense. So this is a this is a very, very big loss for Auburn, and it will be a very big hire, whoever they bring in to replace Ron Roberts. Uh, this is a major loss because Ron Roberts did a really good job this past year. He seemed to be liked by everybody that played underneath him. Um, and... Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know who you can go after, where you're immediately going. Okay, that guy is just as good. Uh, we we have we have full confidence that he can be, he can easily replace what Ron Roberts did because I think Ron Roberts did just an incredible job with his defense this past year, and uh, whoever it is is going to have a lot on his shoulders. Do you either of you and Tom? You kind of alluded to this. Are either of you worried? that Auburn couldn't leak some of their uh, defensive recruits that they just got, some of these top talent defensive recruits that they just got uh, because of this uh, this departure. In the class of 2023, I don't think so. I mean, you're not going to enter the transfer portal immediately. Um, I you don't think, think anybody would be willing to enter it after the after the spring period when the spring period ends and they open it I, back I, up? I, I mean, I'm I, – again, I, I don't know. Well, I don't I mean, know. I, it's so, such a – it depends on who you get. I, I think right. you're a lot more likely to lose some of the guys that are going into their true sophomore year. Um, and that's most of your secondary. Most of the guys that were going to be significant starters in your secondary um, are going into their sophomore year. I think those guys are a lot more likely to transfer than like the linebacker class that you just mm. got. Uh, there's all, Anytime you make a coordinator switch like that, I, I think there's always the chance that things don't work out uh with the current players and it's it's an unfortunate part of it but that's why i think that you have to you have to do a good vetting process to find a guy but this is also where it's time for guys currently on the staff like our guy trevon reed mm. this is where trevon reed makes paycheck this is where where t reed 
gets in the ear of these guys and is like, hey, listen, it's like, don't back out on us now. You know, you can, you sometimes have to do some of your best recruiting when you run into times like this where mm. you're not necessarily recruiting high school kids or recruiting transfer portal. You're having to re recruit your own guys. Uh, and so that's going to be an important part of that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's always a worry with it, but I, but, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, there's a worry with it. And, and, and the other thing, the other reason I say there's a worry with it is because, you know, the one thing that you look at and we've talked about so many times now with the transfer portal and NIL opportunities and, and things like that, uh, there, there's not a whole lot of loyalty out there. And so it's very easy to jump ship. Now, I'm not saying that there's that these guys that are playing here currently for Auburn are not loyal to Auburn. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are guys that love to put on that orange and blue, and they love Auburn University, and they want to be a part of Auburn University. I, I get that. There are guys like that. There are other guys out there, though, that you just got to be honest – We'll look for the next opportunity, and if if you hire in another defensive coordinator and they don't feel like their opportunity with the next guy up, or they don't gel with him, they don't have any loyalty to Auburn. They're like, okay, you know, I'll move on to the next, and, and you know, I might get a better deal somewhere else, or I'm I might fit better there. But that's just what happens. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a thing to keep an eye out for, but uh. You know, the next thing up is, you know, who who is the next man up? Um, I I can tell you, uh, without even perusing the message boards right now, I can almost guarantee you a name that a lot of Auburn fans will pull up is Travis Williams. Mm. Now, yeah, you know, I can see that T T Will is going. I think I think Travis Williams is going to be a guy that will get looked at. He he just finished at Arkansas, correct? Was it just his first year at Arkansas? Yeah, it was just his first yep. year at Arkansas. And, I mean, their defense, I mean, was, eh. Yeah. But, I mean, I think there are better candidates out there. But you want a guy that can come in here and gel with the guys that are currently on the team, gel with the staff that's currently here, and a guy that you know that can be a top-notch recruiter for you, Travis Williams is a guy, and I'm sure Travis Williams would not mind coming back home. Can I Can and, I throw out a name that – Will probably sound a little crazy, but a guy who has a good record as a defensive coordinator. Sure. Do y'all think Will Muschamp is any interest in coming back to Auburn at this point? I don't know. I because I I'm not saying I um, want him. I'm just saying that's a name that's going to be thrown out there. It, it you know, and the thing is, is because I, I don't know how well he would gel with who's currently here. Yeah, I, but but see, and that's the thing. He gets is, results. He gets results, and I mean, he's kind of been playing second fiddle to uh, Schumann. Yep, over there. I mean, Schumann, if you look at everybody and they rank the top defensive coordinators, it's Schumann's name that's mentioned as yeah. one of the he's, top coordinators. He's the defensive not coordinator. He's the defensive coordinator, and Muschamp is the co-defensive coordinator. Right. That's that's how they uh, that's how they structure that. I, I think the biggest thing is you would just Muschamp is a guy that would jump quick. Like you know, he's got oh, a yeah. reputation of moving on, moving he around, does. and so I, I think that would be your only worry is that how long is he actually going to be here before that next yeah. opportunity comes until, up? Until the the next head coaching job that's willing to offer to him opens up uh, is your answer. I want to I want to oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say another name. Now whether it should be mentioned or not, Gene Chizik is a name that yeah. somebody somebody yeah. will inevitably mention Gene Chizik. Mm. He's had some. He's had a lot of success as defensive coordinator. Obviously, not good as a as a head coach, but I mean, he was let go at North Carolina, so 
Gene Chizik's out there, but uh, you know, I, if if I'm looking at candidates and I'm I'm like shooting for the moon, I mean Phil Parker, who just you know from Iowa, mm. I mean he I think he just won the award for like best defensive coordinator in the country. I mean Phil Parker at I Iowa's offense was worse than Auburn's. If you could imagine a college football team that had a worse offense than the Auburn Tigers this year, it's the Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> um, their their punter it, broke the record for most punting yards right. in a single season. But their defense, That record has stood for 85 years. But their defense was absolutely phenomenal. They won 10 games. They won 10 they games. They won 10 games with the worst offense in college football. Yes. So that tells you what the kind of job Phil Parker did at Iowa. Uh, I honestly... The whole T will thing, I get it. That's going to be a very popular sentiment with the fans and and maybe some other names. But I mean, if you want to shoot for the stars, you make a phone call to Phil Parker and you're like, "Hey, what's it going to cost? Uh, you know, are you are you legit? If you want to be a national championship type defensive coordinator, are you going to be able to do that at Iowa, or can you come here with what we're building on offense with these recruits, and then you can come in and and do it on the defensive side as well?" Because if you can do what you did at Iowa on defense here and the offense we're about to put together, we're about to make some noise, and here's what we can offer you. So, I mean, Phil Parker's the guy that I, I immediately make a phone call to. I mean, it, you have to. If he's the best defensive coordinator in the country, you have to at least make a phone call and say, hey, you know, you're you're probably standing in eight inches of snow and it's, and it's 10 degrees below zero in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa. Hey, how about come to Auburn, Alabama, where it's, you know, not that. <laughs> uh, I've got two more questions uh, back to the offensive coordinator position. I want to pose the same question to you uh, that I posed about the defensive coordinator position. Are you worried uh, at all if any of these the top offensive recruits that Auburn just is just signed is could it be uh, out could could be uh, looking out and being like, maybe I don't need to be here after Phil Montgomery was fired last week? I, or I think, think that's less them, likely. I, I think, think that's you much think most less of them likely. Are more low, more, more loyal to Hugh Freeze rather than Montgomery. Uh, loyal to Hugh Freeze, but I also think that it, it feels like some of those offensive guys may be even more loyal to their position coaches mm. than than anything. At least that's the kind of the feeling that I get. I mean, there's guys that are super loyal to Cadillac. Uh, there's super guys that are uh, super connected to that wide receiver coach. Uh, you know, it just feels like that's where. That bread is being made right there is with those assistant coaches or the the mm. position coaches there, yeah. Um, because I think ultimately everybody knows that you freeze is kind of still the guy that's going to make that offense run. So I don't think that's so much of an issue. But I, on the defensive side of things, I mean, I think a defensive coordinator could definitely um, have some stuff there because of, you know if you bring in a defensive coordinator, then you start looking at a, at a shift even in the position coaches. And that's where you start wondering, you know, and again, maybe that's why a guy like T. Will coming, if he were to come in here, you wouldn't think that a lot of those guys are going to change. Yeah. But now if you bring again like a guy like Phil Parker in, then you might be looking at a lot of change, which then may leave some players in doubt. So those are those are the that's the balancing act that you do anytime you have any sort of a coaching change, whether it be a head coach or whether yeah. it be your coordinators. It's it's a balancing act, and you have to figure that out. But um, it's going to be a it's it's definitely going to be a much tougher deal for Auburn to try to fix losing Ron Roberts. 
Any any thoughts that you, you think ever you think most of the offensive guys are going to be set even with Philip Montgomery not uh, being retained? I think so. I you know we talked about it. I think that Hugh Freeze is going to keep these guys loyal. I think that they're. I think he was the lead recruiter on most of them, mm-hmm. and he was the re, and he was convincing them, "Hey, come in, play for me." I don't think that when Hugh Freeze went into guys' houses, he was saying, "Hey, come play under Philip Montgomery. He's a great play caller," because the the evidence suggests that he is not at this point. Um, no offense to Philip Montgomery, he knows more about football than I do. He gets paid millions of dollars to coach it, and I do not. But. The results clearly were not there, and I think that if you go in trying to use that as a recruiting tool, it's not going to be very effective. So Hugh Freeze probably said, hey, come play for me, not come play for Philip Montgomery. Um, and if Hugh Freeze takes over the offense, then you know now the head coach mm-hmm. is is in your corner you know, as the offensive play caller. So um, I think that most of those guys are going to stay. Uh, I think that I mean, we, we were not calling them the Philip Montgomery Five. We were calling them the Freeze Five, uh-huh. right, talking about the wide receivers. Um, I think those guys are all going to stick. Uh, and I think it's a lot more likely you see defensive movement than offensive movement. I now have another question. And before I get back, I, I lay it on me. And now Brother. I have a, a third here. Do you think the firing of Phil Montgomery, the parting ways of Phil Montgomery has any effect on the Ryan Williams decision coming up here in the next month or so? No. Hmm. You think that it's still freeze is still like, I, I think, I think so a lot of you going back to your, what you said earlier, it's more about position coaching. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, and so far that hasn't changed, and I, I think that's the main guy that's been uh, kind of pulling these top yeah. re- receiver recruits in here. Um, so no, I, I don't think I, I really I just I don't think losing Philip Montgomery is really going to have that big of an effect on things. I think I think the effect that it could have is not going to be one of a football thing. Mm-hmm. I think that because Auburn is going to have to make two new hires, you can you can feasibly say Nick Saban's going to be in his in his ear going, man, they just had to they're having to replace both of their coordinators. One of them just left to be a position coach at Florida, and they fired the other one. They don't have stability. Their program's not moving in the right direction. Blah blah blah. I think that that is a new weapon for Nick Saban to use to try and recruit Ryan Williams. Uh, so that that could have an effect on it, but I don't think it will be because of X's and O's football. Uh, and then my last question that I that I was supposedly my second question, the hiring of Charles Kelly a couple weeks ago. Do you think that is could be a, a move that they go here where they just because yes. he was already hired as the co DC. That was what what was reported that he right. was going to be at. Do you think they just go ahead and promote him to DC and then hire a guy to be that uh, that West McGriff position? I, I I think that's a very good chance. Um, yeah, I think Charles Kelly, and, and that could also be a reason why Ron Roberts decided to start looking is because you bring in a guy like Charles Kelly, who is a very known defensive coordinator and a very known defensive mind. And yeah, you had him listed as co, but maybe Ron Roberts, maybe his feet got stepped on a little bit, and he's like, you know, I had things under control. You're bringing in another guy here, and you know, maybe I look elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Charles Kelly is is, is definitely a, a candidate for that. Do I necessarily like that? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I there's some other guys out there that I, that I don't know. There's some other guys that make more sense than than just bringing Charles Kelly in all of a sudden. So I don't know, but I think it's. I mean, you've already, like you said, you already got him on the payroll. You already brought him here. I, I mean, maybe you just go ahead and 
Give it to him. Yeah, I, I think that Charles Kelly elevating him to that full defensive coordinator spot, that would make sense. I know that when Lane Kiffin was rumored to be the next head coach and they were you know ironing out details of contract, Charles Kelly was the guy that he was rumored to be bringing in as his defensive coordinator to Auburn. So I, a guy that has been linked to Auburn at that D.C. spot before, even if it would be his first time holding it, um, it would be one of the. It would be a lot like the Ron Roberts hire of. I've got no idea if this is going to ever. If this is going to work, you know. So let's wait and see. I think that I know that Charles Kelly is respected as both a coach and a recruiter. So I could see it working out, or you could go swing for a more well-known name, and I, I would understand that school of thought as well. Well, see, and the the thing is that it felt like Charles Kelly was kind of being brought in here more for his recruiting aptitude it did. It, than to, it, to replace Crime Dog. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly, and that's what it felt like. Is we've got to get a top-notch recruiting guy in here, and that's what Charles Kelly is known for. Now he's had some great defenses where mm-hmm. he's been, so let's don't just poo-poo on on that. Right. He's had some good defenses, but he is more known as an elite recruiter. Uh, so, you know, but I mean, it, it's it's still a name. I mean, like I said, it's an easy hire if you do it. Mm-hmm. It's a very easy hire, and. Um, you know, maybe you don't disrupt a whole lot of stuff if you just, you hire a guy, even though he's, he's barely even been here. But, I mean, it's also a guy that played here at Auburn. I mean, you know the guy's got love for Auburn, so you at least got that going for you with Charles Kelly. 334-887-34. I'm locally toll-free, one tiger 9 is how you get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. We go back there before we hit a break, and it is... Michael from Auburn. Michael from Auburn joins us on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Michael, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing good, guys. Uh, I know Ryan Williams, I think the position coach at Alabama uh, that was heavily recruiting him has left, uh, I think, to take the same job at Texas A&M. So um, okay. All right. I, think we're, I think we're kind of both battling, you know, losing position coaches. I think that would probably affect that decision, being that that's the guy that was recruiting him at Alabama as opposed to Philip Montgomery for us. But I'll just throw some names out there. I like Travis Williams as far as, his relationship, I think, with, you know, Cadillac and just, you know, uh, being a former player there, uh, I, I like that dynamic a little bit. But as far as I would, I would definitely shoot for the Iowa coach. But I'll throw another name out there is Paul Rhodes. I think he's uh, currently the outside linebackers coach uh, for Boston College. But I know he, he served as a, as a kind of a defensive coordinator, I think, last year at Gulf Shores High School. And we saw the success that they had. Uh, but he's been around Auburn. I think he was decent at Auburn. Um, I don't know much of their recruiting, but I think we had pretty good defenses under him whenever his time. But I think he left to be a head coach at Iowa State. That didn't go too well. But as far as a defense coordinator, I think he's pretty decent as well. So, yeah, that that is a that's a good uh that's a good name to throw out there. I had not thought about him, but he he had a stop at Auburn. You were right. He's a uh, was the D.C. at Gulf Shores last year before going up to Boston College. He's been at stops like uh, Ohio State, Arizona, UCLA, Arkansas, head coach at Iowa State, uh, a couple stints at Iowa State, actually, and then uh, D.C. at Pittsburgh, too. So uh, that, that is a name that, that, is, uh, that, that would be a, a, an interesting one to watch. And he would have some good ties, I would think, with that area of Gulf Shores and, and maybe get us kind of a you know a pipeline there uh, and some of those recruits down in that Mobile area because oh, yeah. uh, I would think he would know the coaches. So that's a name to throw out there. I don't know Auburn's ties. I think he left on good terms, like I said, uh, because you know we, we got Chiswick and then he left to take that job. So at Iowa State, I think about that maybe shortly after. So we've kind of got some connections there, but that's just a name to kind of throw out there. But 
uh, curious with Ryan Williams. If, like I said, you can you can check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that recruiting the guy that was recruiting him or that position coach for Alabama has left. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thanks for that call, Michael. That was Michael from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. A lot of names thrown out there. Well, I, I, another name, you know, you throw out there. I, I've seen it mentioned. Uh, several uh, several folks have, have mentioned the name Chris Kiffin. Um, he the current linebackers he's, coach at uh for the Houston Texans. Yeah, but he was with Hugh Freeze he's, at he's Ole Miss. Still, he's still working on a show cause, isn't he? I see. I don't know about I, that. I think that he's still tied up in legal stuff Is with he? the NCAA. Yeah. Well, I, it's a name that I've seen. Uh, I could be wrong. It, it could. Right. It, the statute of limitations could be up on that. But I think there's a reason he went to the NFL. Right. Uh, I've just, I like I said. I've seen several people throw that name out there. I mean he. And again, this goes back to what we've talked about. You know, Hugh Freeze, uh, a guy very much like Gus Malzahn, has you know some trust issues. He would much rather have some guys around there that he knows and that he can kind of trust. And uh, you know, he he knows he knows Chris Kiffin. Uh, uh, Kiffin was the defensive line coach and defensive recruiting coordinator at Ole Miss from 2012 to 2016. Uh, he's also been the, uh, he's coached at, uh, I see he's coached at quite a few places, but he, he's been in, he's been in the NFL since 2018. Uh, 49ers pass rush, pass rush specialist coach, Cleveland Browns defensive line coach, and then the Texans linebackers coach. So like I said, that's a name that I've seen a, a, a few folks throwing out there. Not that that's what's going to happen, but, uh, you know, it, it's a guy that Hugh Freeze is familiar with. More lists to come out, and then probably over the next 24 hours, you'll start to see names circulated for that defensive coordinator position. If you're just joining us or haven't been listening, uh, Ron Roberts believe, uh, looks to be departing to go to Florida, take over position coaching down there, maybe get a pay raise. I don't know. Associate head coach of defense or something like that. Yeah. Executive head coach for defense, yeah, co-defensive coordinator, and linebackers coach. At the that's University that's of one of those titles you slap on at the end of it to give him a raise. Feels like a lot of stuff uh, going on. Auburn football now down two coordinators as we uh, continue in the off season. More talk on that, of course, as we go on on sports call. When we come back, uh, best and worst of the weekend. We'll talk a little national championship game as well. Right after this. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back. Thir- uh, not a Thursday. It's a Monday edition of Sports Call. I'm trying to I wish it was Thursday. Try- trying to fast forward. Actually, I, d- I don't wish it was Thursday. Classes start back on Wednesday, That's and true. I'm not excited. Well, we wish you nothing but the best. I know. Monday edition of <laughs> Thanks, Sports Call. Man. Monday edition of Sports Call right here on Tiger 95.9. If you're listening on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola, we want to thank you. Auburn football looking for two new coordinators. 
part one, of the race. Well, one officially, one expected. One expected. Yeah. It's it's reached the Auburn beat at this point. Oh, they're yeah. all they're all reporting that he's expected to leave. So, well, I mean, JG Tate uh, has even put up his uh, hot board. You see, all I right. told you, next twenty four hours, you're going to get some names thrown in there. We'll talk about those. Tom, me and you will go into. We can go into depth on that tomorrow. We'll have fun with our hour and a half show That's tomorrow. Right. We will <laughs> be here. Every for name it. that you can think of. I'm going to there. apply. Uh, I'm going to apply sure. for the defensive coordinator job. Uh, so make sure you listen. That that leads me to the segue. Folks, if you're listening out there, we will not be on at this time tomorrow. This time tomorrow you'll be listening to Beauregard Basketball right here on Tiger 95.9. So we'll be off the air about 5 o'clock, so only a two-hour show tomorrow. Brent Daughtry is going to be out calling some Smith Station basketball against Auburn over on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. Make sure you tune in. We'll have a lot more talk. Before we get to our national championship talk here, preview uh, quick uh, predictions from everybody. Let's do our best and worst of the weekend like we do every single Monday. How about that? Now time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. Best and worst of the weekend from this past weekend, the first full weekend of January. Anybody uh, want to go first? I got a best. All right. Auburn won a championship this weekend. Oh. So earlier in football season, uh, Metallica. Ah. Yep. Metallica put out a thing to all college bands and high school marching bands to put on a Metallica show, and they were going to be doing this contest, and Mm -hmm. they would pick out the winners of, like, different divisions. Uh, So for the Auburn Ole Miss game, I believe it was, it was a night game, and Auburn did their Metallica show. All the uh, band members had, like, LED lights on them, and they did this whole filled light show with Metallica music and everything. They also broke it back out at the Iron Bowl, too. Uh, okay, bro- okay. Did it again at not the as, Iron Bowl? Not as effective because it was still kind of afternoonish for the Iron right. Bowl. Right. The old Misha was the official yeah. video that they submitted. Well, anyway, Auburn's band won the Metallica contest for the Division I colleges. They beat out the likes of uh, University of Texas. Uh, I, there were several other bigger colleges that also did Metallica shows, but Auburn won. Uh, $75,000 wow. award. Auburn also won fan favorite. Okay. And that was an additional $10,000. Right. So $85,000 that coming to the Auburn marching band program from winning the Metallica marching band contest. So Heck yeah. War Damn Eagle War Band. Eagle. Where well well-deserved. Well Warband Eagle. Warband well, Eagle. Well-deserved. Well that that halftime show was really incredible. If you haven't seen it, it is on YouTube. Um and really really cool. Got to watch it several times this year yeah. uh, attending games. So highly recommend and definitely really cool to see that that Auburn did pull it off and that Metallica, the actual band, thought it was as cool as we did. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That that's even the the, if, the artist that says, "Hey, you did our music and that's awesome." Well, I mean, they're the ones that helped yeah. judge it. Yeah. Um there now there were also some other professional music judges sure. that also looked at it so it wasn't just them, but yeah. you need some like people that know what bands, you know, <laughs> bands. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um but the fact is that the Metallica guys also voted on it yeah. and like I said, it's great. It, it won. It won the division one, and it won fan favorite. Heck so, yeah. eighty five thousand dollars. That's in, a, in prize money going. Good chunk of change. Brant, your uh, best of the weekend. My best of the weekend. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I was not able to watch the second half of the Auburn Arkansas basketball game. That mm-hmm. is because I was attending a wedding. Congratulations to Daniel and Chelsea. They have been together for a very long time, and. Uh, Finally got married uh, this yeah. past Saturday, so I got to attend that wedding and had a lot of fun. 
got to see some people that I don't get to see very often anymore. So that is uh, definitely my best of the weekend. Uh, again, congratulations to Daniel and Chelsea. They are on a plane to Jamaica, I Ooh. think. Actually, I think they recently landed uh, in Jamaica. So right. congratulations to them, two of my really good friends. And uh, they got hitched. I'm sure that's a lovely place this time of year. It absolutely appears to be. Uh, I, my best of the weekend, uh, I'm going down the same route as Brant did. Uh, I was also attending a wedding on Saturday. Not the same wedding. Not the same wedding. Not even the same state. Uh, my The wedding that I went to was down in Union Springs. A uh, couple of, uh, or one, not, not a couple, one of uh, Grace's co-workers got married this weekend. Uh, invited uh, Grace and myself to the wedding. Uh, and it was very fun. Uh, it was a, a very nice wedding. Uh, congratulations to uh, Neil and Carrie Reed for uh, the the nuptials this past weekend. It's a very <laughs> beautiful venue. Uh, never been down there to that uh, that venue before, but it is a, a beautiful venue out, outside of Union Springs. Uh, the 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 party was fun. Uh, the the reception was great. The food was amazing. I really enjoyed the chicken. Uh, don't know what type of chicken it was, how it was cooked, or something. That it was amazing, uh, and it was it was such a fun fun wedding that we went to. And so uh, it's the first wedding. I've actually been to since my own, and so that that was a uh, that was a fun uh you know you take that next step as you get married, and that's the first wedding that I went to after I got married. So it's a uh, it was a different feeling to walk into a wedding venue and not have it be centered around you, uh, so, <laughs> but uh, it was it was a fun fun affair. So congratulations to them as well. Tom, worst of the weekend. Uh, you know, worst of the weekend. I mean, I hate to say it's like a the worst of the weekend because it's actually what's happening now and in the next couple of days. But the weather's just not been good. Um, most people think winter is like snow and everything, but in the southeast, it is a is a prime time to have really really bad weather. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean it it it's it's not good. And and so I'm I'm really really hoping that everybody south, you know, the mobile florida panhandle i'm really hoping that uh everybody's going to be safe down there because i mean it's it's not looking good and it's that but there's more coming too um it's that time of year there's like it's kind of like a train of storm systems that are rolling through here so uh i just want everybody to be safe but to me that's a worse because the the weather forecasts are not looking too good i'm telling you i woke up this morning and Mobile was like, I've one of their forecasters at Mobile was like, I have never seen something like this ever from the Mobile Weather Service. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, okay. It's like, not good. Mm. So please be safe out there. Absolutely. Be safe here too. Even, <laughs> I mean, yeah, not just if you're down there, be safe yeah. here. It's not supposed to be all that pleasant here as well. But yeah, worst is the weather. Brent, worst of the weekend. My worst, we're going to travel to uh, Leeds, Alabama. Where a man, I was like, where are we going with this? A man, I remembered for some reason he just went swimming in a pool. It was strip, the, it was the stripped down, thoughts. stripped down. The um, thoughts one bare even of his skivvies and uh, jumped into the giant fish tank at the Bass Pro Shops in Leeds, Alabama, totally naked. Um, and then when the I cops, don't get your clothes wet. When when the cops tried to pull him out he instead of coming out the way he came in uh leapt over well there's the, cops the way he the came glass in, so like, the glass wall fell about uh, seven or eight feet directly onto his head um onto mm. the fake rocks below Sprawl, and, and then sprawled out onto the floor 
He slid like a seal Mostly, at SeaWorld on the yeah, wet floor. It, he he keeps he hits his head and keeps moving. Yeah. He literally looked like a SeaWorld creature <laughs> sliding across that wet floor. But like after after a moment he just lays still and I don't know if he knocked himself out or if oh, he I was he so did. so gone that he just decided to stop fighting it. Um, either way, if you haven't seen this video, don't look it up because the man the man is not covered in any way. But it, it is kind of funny because he's not trying to slide, and yet he is sliding on the floor of this past pro shop. I think that, I think and that tells the, you the that cops, he's not the cops, conscious. The cops come over, and they cuff his hands behind his back, and instead of helping him to his feet, they just drag Jordan. him out by his <laughs> arms. Oh, I mean. Still laying face down on this concrete floor. It, it's I think they knew he was out. I, think he, I don't think he was. I don't think the man was conscious. I oh man, he he looks very unconscious, but he also moves at some points. I think he he yeah, he's definitely conscious because he starts fighting back at one point. I hadn't seen this part of the video yet, but he starts fighting back against the cops, and then they just drag him out by his arms. It's it's, it's brutal. It's bad. It's it's one of two viral videos to come out of the state of Alabama this week. The other one being a guy in Mountain Brook who got caught in an urn. Have y'all seen I that one? That. No. I didn't it, realize that was in Mountain Brook. It was in Mountain Brook. Jeez, what's going on with these Alabama people? Well, he, I think he, I think Especially he's a student a- at Mississippi State. They've oh. they've found this guy, and he's he's an engineer. He's an engineering student at Mississippi State, and could not figure out that if he climbed into this urn, his dimensions would not allow him out of it. Mm. Uh, so, co worst of the weekends, uh, dude who got caught in an urn, and dude who went naked swimming at Bass Pro Shops. My worst of the weekend. I love this state. The the football season for the New England Patriots mercifully not really <laughs> came to an end yesterday with a loss to the New York Jets. 15 games in a row the Jets had lost to the Patriots. They had not won since Todd Bowles was their head coach and Ryan Fitzpatrick was their quarterback. And they did it yesterday. And so my season as a Patriots fan is over. And I get to look forward to maybe a head coach search. I hope not. Belichick feels like he still wants to stay. Had a statement that he would be willing to give up uh, personnel uh, decision-making. Which I would be all for. I just I I don't want to go through a head coaching search. I want Belichick to stay. But that is my worst of the weekend. So best and worst of the weekend there. Before we get to our nightly TV guide to close things out here on the show, guys, I want to get y'all's thoughts on the national championship game tonight. We didn't talk about it a lot. It's Ooh. not two. It's two teams that are not in the SEC, so not as much interest. I don't believe in the in the southern part of the state or the southern part of the country, but. Michigan and Washington, what do we think happens tonight in Houston? All right, so I am very, very torn on this game. Me too. Uh, on the one hand, I think Michigan has the physicality to really dominate the lines of scrimmage just like they did against Alabama, and I have a feeling that they can get back there and, and give Michael Penix Jr. A, a lot of problems and not give him the chance to do what he needs to do. That said, Penix is also – uh, an athlete that is just absolutely incredible, and a lot of times when pressure gets on him, he does magical things. Uh, and, th- and Washington has just an electrifyingly dominant offense. Um, Michigan's defense is better. Washington's offense is better. Uh, but I 
think Michigan does it better at the line of scrimmage, and so I give Michigan a very, very slight edge, and that's just purely due to them winning in the trenches, and I think that's what happens. They win a they win a grind it out, claw it out type game. Mm. To Brent? me, I, I watch this and I see Michigan as the more complete team. Their offense is not as flashy, but it gets the job done. Their defense is probably the best in college football. Um, but, it, you know, it, it, Washington's offensive line has been really good all year as well. They won the Joe Moore Award, so they can compete on the, on the line of scrimmage as well. Uh, I think that Michigan, top to bottom, is the better football team. However, when you look at what Washington has done, they will score as many points as they need to to win the game. And by that I mean if they only need 24 points to win the game, 24-21, to 21, they will score 24 points against a team that ends up with a losing record. If they need to score 56 points to win 56-54 to 54 to win a national title, they will score 56 points. They are a team that is capable of putting up absolutely insane numbers. And any time they have needed Michael Penix to step up and do something crazy, he has done that exact thing. Kalen DeBoer coaches like a madman, which is weird because he seems like an incredibly normal person in interviews. Jim Harbaugh seems like a madman and yet coaches like a hard, a hard-nosed, old-school defensive coach. I have no idea who's going to win this game. My, my head says Michigan, but I, I, I don't know how you can bet against what Michael Penix has done every time they've needed him this year. So I'm going to say Michigan, but I'm just really looking forward to this game. I'll be the uh, the other person here. I'm going to take Washington. I, I I love all the reasons you gave, and I think Michael Penix is the reason that Washington wins a national championship tonight. That's fair. Um, I, I think that Michigan is a is a really good team. I think they're the the more the of the two, they're the more complete team. But I think that all year long, Michael Penix and this all and this uh, Washington offense has done what they needed to do to win football games, yeah. and they are in this position for a reason. They did what they needed to do in the national or in the semifinal last week to get to this point. I think that, that Michael Penix guides them to a victory tonight. Yeah. One, one thing that I'm going to throw out here, actually two things. One is very serious, one is not. My, right. my serious thing, Washington has won 10 games in a row by 10 or less points. That is, that is a record that has stood for, or like that's the most since like the 50s or something like that. Saw that stat earlier. They know how to win close games. They do it as a habit. So if it gets close, Washington will be comfortable. Now Michigan also can do it. They have won close games, but they are not as practiced in it. My very unserious thing is, regardless of what happens tonight, I'm just glad I don't have to care. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, uh, you know who the big winner is going to be tonight? Who's that? Auburn. Yeah. Us, yeah. We don't have to watch. <laughs> we don't have Georgia. to watch Georgia, Alabama, or LSU win another national championship. <laughs> so Auburn <laughs> will win tonight. And now you can win tonight with the nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Nightly TV Guide brought to our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Make sure you go by TK's Convenience Store and get you a variety pack of White Claw Hard Seltzers. Only sports on night's National Championship game. Watch it. Enjoy it. It'll be on like eight Everything. different channels. Yep. You, can, you can listen to it in Japanese. Skycam. Skycam gang. Mexican Skycam. Yep. Watch the coaches' sidelines. Uh, yeah. Movie picks for you this evening. FX at 6 o'clock is Captain America the Winter Soldier. Followed it up at 9 o'clock with Thor the Dark World. Joker is on at 7 o'clock on TNT. And Mean Girls, 7 o'clock on Paramount. Those are three really, good mo- three really good movies that are all very, very different movies. They're all very, very different. 
And uh, make sure, you know, whatever you watch tonight, enjoy it. And we thank you for making us part of your day. This has been a Monday Sports Call. Tom, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, for a shortened show, but yes, yes, I will be here tomorrow. Brent, thank you for being here. We will hear you on Smith Station Basketball tomorrow. Thank you for having me. Brent Daughtry, uh, Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, <laughs> thank you so much for listening uh, to the show today. Thanks to everybody that tuned in and called in. We'll talk to you on a shortened sports call tomorrow afternoon. <laughs>